Welcome to the Tour Junkies Podcast. This is the Masters 2019 DFS Preview. This is an incredible episode, jam-packed. We're going to kick it off with some good stuff, a little bit of the Valero recap. Your boy DB had a great week in DFS. We're going to hit that just for a second, and then we're going to get to an interview with our buddy Kevin Kisner, recent winner of the WGC Dell Match Play event. He literally called us today. This is the Sunday before Masters that we're recording. He just played a practice round and told us a little bit about the course and how he thinks it's going to set up this week. It's going to be interesting. Uh, and we just have a great time with Kiz, as he's always a, a good laugh. So we hope you guys enjoy that in the middle of the show. You don't want to miss it if you're playing any kind of, if you're gambling on golf at all for the Masters, you better make sure you listen to what Kiz says. Then, of course, me and Pat are going to break down the Augusta National. We're going to talk about the key stats, talk about the guys we like, the guys we don't like. Um, we're going to have a good time. We disagree on a fair amount here this week, but it's going to be good. We're going to talk a little basics for you beginners who may be just dipping your toe into this daily fantasy thing. We're going to try to give you a little basics. So it's a, it's a lengthy show, but it's full of good content. And at the end, for the Chunk and Run segment, we're going to give you some master's must-know information, as well as an idea for an unlimited budget app that we would create, what it would do, what it would be called, and that got kind of interesting as well in the Chunk and Run segment at the very end. So thanks a ton for listening this week. We really appreciate it. If you're a new listener, please come back. We'd love it. So much great content coming out for the Masters. I can't wait. It's the best week of the year. Here we go. Hello, friends. It is the best week of the year. Masters Week is here. We are the Tour Junkies. I am David Barnett, your host. My co-host is Mr. Pat Perry. We reside, born and raised, born and bred in Augusta, Georgia, hometown event for us. This is our favorite show of the year, hands down. We are so excited about it. We've got a ton of regular listeners that listen every single week, and we appreciate you guys checking it out. But we also know there's probably a lot of folks that don't listen every week, and you're just dipping your toe in the water of the uh, Tour Junkies podcast, and we greatly appreciate you. Go ahead and tell yourself right now that you're appreciated. Just right now, wherever you're at, stop in your car, in your office, at home, in the gym maybe, and just say, you know what? I'm appreciated. Give you yourself know? a little pat on the back. A little pat. Give yourself a little pat on the back, all right? Because we, we thank you for coming into this thing. We're going to be informative tonight. We're going to be very informative. We have an amazing interview from our boy, Kevin Kisner, recent WGC match play champion, playing in his fourth Masters, local boy right around the corner from us in Aiken, South Carolina. He's on the show in a little bit. We're going to talk all about Augusta National. We're going to talk about the players we like, the players we don't like, strategy, and we're gonna have a little fun too. We're gonna be, we're gonna, we're gonna. This thing's gonna be laugh out loud. All right, Pat, how you feeling, man? For the best show of the year, what's the podcast juice? What we got going tonight? God, I'm feeling so good. I love this week. Just, it's just, it's the best week of the year. I, I cannot wait. So excited. Yeah. So you know, I, I may go to Planet Tito's tonight. We'll see. You know, have a little Tito's. Let's get there. And, a little Tito's and club. Uh, a little splash of lime in there, so pretty, pretty. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be good. I, I can't wait. Uh, again, like you said, just my favorite week of the year, favorite show. Love having kids on here, and uh, I'm just ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. Love it. I'm, I'm also enjoying a little Tito's uh, at Lacroix for me. Tito's and Lacroix with a twist of lime. Also, hope to uh, orbit with you and make our way to Planet Tito's by the end of this podcast. 
It's going to be a good one. Now, we just wrapped up an absolute thriller at the Valero Texas Open where a Canadian uh, named Corey Connors Monday qualified to play the event and wins the golf tournament to for his first PGA Tour win and to get himself to Augusta. So he'll be, I'm sure, flying to Augusta tonight. And that's pretty cool. It was really cool to see. Really fun tournament. By the way, our picks last week did pretty, pretty well. You know, another pick I just thought about we did on the DraftKings Tour Junkies After Dark show is we talked up Hank Lebiota for a top 20, uh, and he finished, I think, 17th or 16th or something. So he hit that. Had a, we, had, we had a good week. And uh, yours truly, DB, had my best week uh, in a long time, you know, a, few, few, a little bit. Uh, almost took down the $100 single-entry long drive contest, but fell just short by two points to a fellow listener. I didn't even know, but I'm, I'm tracking this guy's lineup all, all day, and uh, he, his name's Zach. He lives in Los Angeles. Shout out, Zach. But he's been in first all day, and I've been in second. I was nipping at his heels um, to win the $5,000 top prize, but in the end, he beat me by two points. Heartbreaking loss for me, but uh. congrats to you. Zach, uh, I still won three grand. You yeah, know, and that's, I mean, come that's on, we're good. not gonna. It was the first time, Pat. Now, let me just say this for for people who are in the DFS grind, right? Like, it was the first time since we've been doing this, which has been 2015, that every single player in my player pool, and I'm talking about a decent player pool, like 18. I had 18 players. Every single player in my player pool made the cut. <clears throat> that's the first time it's ever happened. As long as we've been doing this, it's the first time it's ever happened. It's a tough thing to do, and uh, so I knew it was going to be a good week when that was happening, and um, yeah, it surely, surely was. Wish I could have taken down the long drive, but I'll take second place. It was a fun tournament to watch, especially there at the end, having a nice little sweat made it uh, made it a good time. You know what's the most important thing about uh, Corey Connors winning? What? The fact that he's now going to the Masters, and he turns the field from 87 to 88. So now we have an even number. I'm really good with that. You know, I mean, my OCD's oh God, kicking in. OCD. Yeah, just love it. I love that we got a, a, just an even number, 88. Perfect number. Perfect number. Yeah, by the way, can you guys tell your friends to go follow us on Twitter if they're not already, at Tor underscore Junkies, because we're at 13.9 thousand Twitter followers. Oh, yeah, this too. Yeah, this is important. Can't stand the number 13, and he's just itching to get us to 14, so... Uh, you guys tell tell some folks to, to follow us, get that number off of, off of 13 so Pat can sleep at night. Um, yeah, the, the, the Valero was fun. The chalk bomb hits again with Joaquin Neiman sucking. We had a pretty good week, pretty good week of picks. Hey, the, hey, the and, Fantasy uh, Golf Sommelier article was, uh, was, was pretty good as well with uh, – with our boy Ryan Moore finishing up there in the in the top five, I had uh, had Kokrak in there. I had I had some good picks. Now the fade wasn't great, Johnny Vegas. Although he, I don't know, it was, uh, he didn't he did average. I mean, he did he did pretty good. He did better than average. Yeah, I guess so. um, yeah. I was all over Johnny V. I disagreed with that call, but it was a really well written fantasy golf sommelier. We learned about what dry wines actually mean, which is very special. And I know you have a fantastic. Um, fantasy golf sommelier article getting prepared right now to head to, to drop on tourjunkies.com for listeners for the masters. It's going to be a good time. Do you want to, do you want to sprinkle or, or give us a little, um, a little glimpse as to what we may be learning about this week when we're other than the, the masters picks that you like, or are you going to hold that? Hold no, that? I'm going to, I'm going to hold that one. You got, you got to go to the site. Uh, I am going to have it okay. out earlier than usual this week though. So, um, well, you say that every week and you still get it out on Wednesday. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, awesome, awesome. So if you're not subscribed to that chalk bomb that's doing very, very well right now, maybe, you know what, again, I got to remember we got new listeners, a lot of new listeners this week. So the chalk bomb is an email that we hit your inbox with on Wednesday night, and it's basically some last-minute stuff you need to know before you lock in any DFS lineups, before you make any of your, your PGA Tour bets for the week, wherever you do your betting. Hopefully it's on mybookie.ag. Um, but it, it's, it's, we talk about a popular player that you need to fade, you need to avoid, and all the reasons why. We give you 10 facts, and the 10 facts have been nails lately. 10 facts, 10 big statistics that correlate to this golf course and success along with players that check the boxes in that category. Uh, we talk about my bookie head-to-head tournament matchups uh, and, the, and a couple of lines there that interest us, usually four to five uh, head-to-head matchups that we're looking at and what you can learn from those. It's just a great time. Our boy Ben Little does a lot of work with it, and it's uh, fantastic. And if there's a lot of you, thousands of you subscribing to that now, it is free. And it is the best free piece of content you can get on a Wednesday. If you want to subscribe to that, head over to tourjunkies.com. And at the bottom of any page on the website, bottom right, you can just put in your email and subscribe saying you want the chalk bomb, and we'll get you on that list. Uh, That is a highly, highly recommended free piece of content. If you are spending any level of money betting on golf or playing fantasy golf, you need to get the chalk bomb in your inbox every week. It's, It's too good not to. Um... You know, Pat, I got to thank our friends at Elite Events and Tickets. Elite Events, they are, it's, it's really our go-to for Masters especially because we know the guy that started it. He started it 12 years ago around or so here in Augusta. Started with the Masters and now it's exploded. He does tickets and hospitality for uh, major concerts, sporting events, the Super Bowl, baseball, NBA. I mean, everything you can think of, he can do tickets and hospitality with. But here's the thing. Sure, you can go to EliteEventsAndTickets.com if you want to buy some tickets, right? If you want to get hooked up for the Masters, that's where we'd send you. Uh, It's fantastic. But they are now offering a franchise program. And the guys over there at Elite Events and Tickets have been doing this, like I said, for over a decade now. They've got a great program going. So if you want a little side hustle from the house, you know what I mean? A little low overhead, amazing margins, you can uh, check this out. You can be an elite event and ticket franchisee. They're going to provide the software, the support, training, both uh, both initial training and ongoing training. And you're going to get a proven plan that, that they've, they've really worked out well here over the last decade. So head over to EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com. EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com. Fill out that little form there, and uh, they'll send you more information. I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean... Of any broker or hospitality guy we know, uh, there's not one more honest and more um, just hardworking than Kevin over there to lead events and tickets. So check that out. It's good stuff. Yeah. Anything to add there, Pat? No, I'm with you on Kevin, though. Great, great dude. And uh, they got a great company. So definitely check it out. That's a long, a long website. A lot of, a lot of typing. <laughs> but... but. Yeah, but it'll get you to where you want to go if you want to be a franchisee of a great company. Elite Events and Tickets Franchise dot com. Hey, uh, also real quick, want to announce a lot of you guys aren't going to know what <clears throat> what this is, but uh, the Heartland Radio winner. We did a contest with Heartland Radio. Love those guys over there. They are fantastic. Uh, Zach Baker. Zach Baker, you sir are the winner. You need to contact us. You know how to do it. Make it happen. 
Thanks for playing. You're the winner. Um, wow. Sounds like, I mean, you, you mentioned the guy, Zach, earlier. I, I uh, yeah, Zach's it, are on heaters what? right now. Zach's are on a heater. You should be. Does I, that mean Zach Johnson's in play? I don't know. It makes me wonder a little bit. We may be looking at. Uh, I, I don't have him written down, but I may look at look at more Zach Johnson ownership. Oh man, um, yeah, that that may be a good idea. We do have another thing you guys need to know is we did a betting preview for the Masters. It's already up. Uh, it's a great. It's a great podcast. We recorded it the other night. We were both pretty lit. Um, so it was very full of, it was full of great content and me and Pat have a little different approach to how we want to, we want to bet on the masters this year. It's kind of interesting. So we debated that, uh, we talked about, you know, senior adult handicapping and sports betting, um, which is what Pat's basically doing. Talk, you know, broke down the tournament, broke down the numbers of who we like. So if you like, if you, if you're really, really hardcore into the betting side of things, um, you know, we took a hard look at some of the lines over there on mybookie.ag on the on the Masters Betting podcast. So that one's already been released. Check it out if you have not already. And uh, yeah, also we released last week the John Tillery YouTube video, which is also uh, pretty much a shit show, um, but it was a lot of fun. It's about an hour long YouTube video. I don't really know how many people do that these days, but uh, the conversation with JT in the Teaching Center in Cuscawilla, John Tillery is the uh, as a coach on the PGA Tour for Kevin Kisner, Scott Brown, Bryce Garnett, Michael Kim, Roberto Castro, uh, Smiley Kaufman. John Tillery is a hilarious dude. And me and Pat um, put a camera in front of us, and we, uh, we interviewed JT over a bottle of Camus, a bottle of Duckhorn, uh, late at night in the teaching center. We had a really rip-roaring good time. So that, check that, was that out post, over on the – That was post-drinks uh, before that. and uh, so, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, check that out over there on the Tour Junkies YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, we would love to subscribe there. Uh, <clears throat> be a good time. So, yeah, I mean, Pat, any any other major announcements before we get in? I want to get in this Kevin Kisner interview. That's really going to set the tone for the rest of the podcast. Any, anything else you really need to get off your chest? No, I'm good. I, I think uh, let's let's get to Kiz and uh, and then and then talking this tournament. Well, as you know, we talk DraftKings on this thing for the most part, and, and DraftKings, they're, they're loyal supporters of the Tour Junkies podcast, and we do the Tour Junkies After Dark episode, um, or, or, you know, internet TV show, or whatever you call it, uh, every week for the golf tournament, and it is also a shit show and hilarious. Um, you can find that on DraftKings' YouTube page, but actually this week, they are doing a little, a little, a little Tour Junkies uh uh, promo code for, for those newbies that maybe have not tried DraftKings yet. So it's pretty cool. It's the first major of the year, obviously, with the Masters coming. Big prizes. $4 million is up for grabs over on DraftKings this week for the Masters. So if you've never done it, there's no better time than right now. Hop on in there. When you enter promo code Tour Junkies, you get to play risk-free for the $1 million top prize. So what you get to do is you get to enter. You get a free entry into the Millie Maker where the winner is going to win a million dollars, right? You get a free entry into that. It's worth 20 bucks. And then if your guy, if your guy uh, does, if, if you don't win money, right, you're going to get your money back. DraftKings is going to give you your money back. It's ridiculous. So if you enter promo code Tour Junkies, that's all one word, all, uh, all one word when you sign up, and you don't win the money in the contest, DraftKings will literally put the money right back in your account. So all you got to do is download the DraftKings app or go to DraftKings.com. Before they tee off on Thursday, April 11th, pick your golfers, 
Use promo code TOURJUNKIES. Sign up, play risk-free in that first contest, okay? And, uh, yeah, promo code TOURJUNKIES, risk-free. It's awesome. Minimum of $5 deposit is required. Refunds will process by April 16th. So shout-out to DraftKings for uh, doing a little, a little, giving a little love to the new folks out there that may be listening this week and haven't quite tried it. There's a free way to do it, all right? Yeah, it's good stuff. Let's let, – Let's get into this Kevin Kisner interview. We talked to him today, the Sunday before the Masters, um, <clears throat> Sunday of drive, chip, and putt. He went out there, played about uh, nine holes, and has some feedback on the on the course. Also talked a little bit about his recent win at the WGC. Kiz is just always a good time. So uh, let's let's take a listen to Kevin Kisner. It's about a 20-minute, 24-minute discussion, and then we're going to come back and start breaking down the course and the picks and all that good stuff. Here you go. All right, golf addicts, always love to have this guest on the podcast. He's made quite a few appearances now. I believe now it's safe to say Kevin Kisner holds the record for most player appearances on the uh, Tour Junkies podcast. So it's an esteemed honor, Kiz. I hope you feel blessed to uh, to hold that title. And thanks for coming on the show this uh, the, the, this week. I appreciate it, man. It's all that money you guys pay me for this podcast i just can't <laughs> yeah. turn it down yeah i know man you know the the, the tour is now letting uh co- you know gambling companies sponsor players so we're uh we're actually saving our money for you one of these days maybe we'll slap a logo on your shirt you know but i know we talked about that a couple years ago and it was very expensive um <laughs> but we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens you keep winning we're gonna have a problem doing that though i think i think it's gonna get harder yes yeah, it's, it's only it's only getting more expensive well, you know, you're you're out there. You, we want to talk a little bit about the match play to start off, um, but we got to know this because who lit the kiss was an original idea of the tour junkies, and we just want to know. It's now been a year or so, maybe a little more. Is it taking off? Are you hearing it from the gallery at any events at all, or is, does it really just come from our fans on Twitter? I don't think it's taking off, but anybody that listens to you obviously says that to me. So you need to bump up your audience and, and get a wider, faster audience for me. Okay. All right. So you're not hearing it. You're not hearing it on the course. I hear it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we, we just wanted to get a little pulse check on that. We'll maybe we'll run some Instagram ads or something and see if we can get that built up. That'd be cool. Um, you need to sell so more of those t-shirts. Those t-shirts are tight. The T-shirts are sold out. Actually, we we only have we yeah we only have three smalls left. We need a we need some kind of private investor to uh, to hook us up. We can get another run of those, maybe you know, maybe we could, maybe we can talk about that maybe later. Maybe Pat should just self invest. He's never done that. <laughs> He's never done that. Come on. Hey, um, I sipped all those. I sipped all those damn things. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sweat, sweat equity. Sweat, sweat equity. equity. I'm pretty sure we gave away half of them at Kisner's event. So um, I think everybody I know has one for free. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, all right, so you obviously just won the uh, the WGC Dell match play. That was fun to watch, man. Um, I, I want to know this: like, do you consider yourself a match play stud, and why do you do so well in match play? I guess I'm uh, starting to believe that I might be better at match play. Um, I've done done well in the last few years in, in those events, and then I think I just strive when I know what I have to do. Um, you know, there's so many tour events where some guys are, you know, there's guys all around the lead coming down at the final final day, and you don't really know who's making a run. They may not be playing with you, 
and you're having to watch scoreboards and pay attention to what you're doing instead of match plays right there in front of you. You know exactly what you have to do. It's 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 interesting. Is there anyone out there that has a history of beating you in match play? Like whether that's in tournaments or a Tuesday game. Like, is there any guy that you're like, this guy just has my damn number? <laughs> I can't think of anybody, but I've been a, a steady payer on Tuesday this year. Uh, you have. My Tuesday game. My Tuesday game's been weak, but my week week uh, long game is uh, telling everybody I look up on the weekend. Those people I paid on Tuesday aren't around anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, so what's going on with you on Tuesday? What's happened? You just not, are you not focusing? Nah, as you get older, the aura of a Tuesday practice round on tour gets less uh -huh. and less. And, uh, it's hard for me to get amped up. And most of the time I have my boy JT out there with me and I'm working on golf swing instead of playing golf and look up and I'm three down after seven. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, totally get that. Um, JT such a, such a stud we definitely have enjoyed our time with him lately you know we just released the youtube video of the interview with us and jt where we uh embarrass ourselves over a couple bottles of wine I, it's it's a good time um and yeah uh, i haven't seen the video but my favorite video is pat throwing that ball at you <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> i literally watched it a hundred times the next day uh, i mean if you can't laugh at that you have no humor. that's that's true um all right. Well, obviously, you're uh, you're just now for listeners don't know you're you're leaving the Augusta National. Uh, it's the Sunday before Sunday of drop, chip, and putt. You've had a chance to get out there and uh, see it a little bit. I was going to ask how much of Augusta have you seen before today um, in preparation for this Masters. All right, it's about to get good with our boy Kiz. We got to tell you about what our friends at mybookie.ag are doing for the Masters. This is some sweet stuff. It's the Masters Money Back Special. If you sign up and use promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word, promo code TOURJUNKIES at mybookie.ag. And if you've already signed up, guess what? You can already you can do this anyway. It's great. You're going to get, not only are you going to get a 50% deposit bonus for signing up through TOURJUNKIES, but also the Money Back Master Special. You're going to get 50% cash back after the cut. Here's how it works. Starting on Monday morning, if you place a two-win outright wager on the Masters before they tee off on April 11th, uh, after if they miss the cut, okay, if they miss the cut, you can get 50% of your money back and then spend it on the weekend for the live action. So your largest qualifying wager placed during the period will earn the 50% cash back. Up to $250 cash back is the max and it will be credited to your account as a free play on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern in time for you to live bet the weekend at the Masters. It's pretty freaking sweet. Um, so all you got to do is place the two-win bet, get your cash back. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, it does come with a, a small rollover requirement. It is what it is. It's just a free, awesome promotion. And I'm really excited at what my bookie is offering for Masters. This week is going to be so cool. Not only are they going to have outrights, they're going to have first-round leader bets, top five, top 10, top 20 bets. You're going to be able to bet on the top Euro, the top amateur, the top American, the top former winner. There's going to be Tiger Woods props. You're going to be able to bet on over-under round scores. You're going to be able to bet on whether they make or miss the cut. Obviously, your head-to-head -head matchups, your group matchups, you can do all of that. And this is awesome. You can bet on the par three tournament. That's right. 
My bookie has props going for the par three tournament. It's going to be so much fun. Tons of prop bets for the par three on Wednesday. So you're going to, you, you're going to want to catch that. We talk about my bookie every week for the last couple of years because we know them, we trust them. If you're going to bet online, that is who you need to bet with, the best mobile app in the business. Great customer service, easy to deposit and get money out when you need it and when you win it. And use promo code TOURJUNKIES for that 50% deposit bonus and to enter the Masters uh, cutback money thing. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Let's get back to Kevin Kisner. Uh, this was the first holes I've played at Augusta in 2019 and the first holes I've played since Sunday. So I was feeling a little rough out there on the course. Gotcha. Okay. Did you play all 18? Did you play nine? What did you do? I actually only played eight because uh, we went off the back because there was a bunch of people playing the front. And uh, obviously 18 greens closed. So we hit our tee balls and then walked in. Gotcha. But I won today, so I'm a little nervous about the rest of the week. Oh, you did? Who did you play with today? Play with Michael Kim and then the uh, the Mid Am champ. I, th- I think his name's Kevin. I can't. I think it's McConnell. O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Connell. There you go. Yeah, you're beating up on a first timer and a Mid Am champ out there taking no, money. No, uh, just the first timer. I don't take amateurs' money. Okay, <laughs> that's a that's a bully move for Michael Kim, man. I mean, um, yeah, that's JT guy. <laughs> Um, so you're on the record of saying that, you know, Augusta seems to, that you've made it, they've made it a little harder for you to win. Um, talk, talk specifically about lengthening number five. It's just an absolute beast. How, uh, how confident are you feeling right now? Well, I don't like the weather forecast. That's for sure. It's already wet in the fairways. Um, so with the rain impending on tomorrow and Tuesday, I'm not loving that. Yeah. Hopefully we can get it dried out Wednesday, no rain, and then by Thursday we can get start to get some roll by maybe Friday off the tee balls. Um, the golf course is in good shape, obviously, uh, but the, the length is just uh, is getting getting a little better at me. I mean, you're not a I – mean, we, we talked about this with John Tillery. Like, you're not a short hitter. I mean, you're hitting at 300 yards. What I mean, what are they do? Is it – I mean, you got to now hit at 320 at Augusta? I don't hit a 300 unless we're getting 15 to 20 yards a roll. Uh, I fly at about 280. And so uh-huh. at Augusta, if it's wet, you fly at 280. And the guy in front of you flies at 300 or 310. Yeah. Not only 20 or 30 yards in front of you, but when I hit a five iron, he would be hitting a six or seven from there. So now he's 20 yards in front of me. He's hitting nine iron. I'm hitting a five iron. He's gone over four days hard to output that sure sure what's your what's your plan on number five i mean obviously you're just trying to rip driver down that right hand side and then what do you think you're going to have in well the only time i played it with the new one was in november it was cold and windy i had three iron in um i talked to yeah. the guys that played it earlier this week and they've all had from 210 to 225 so sounds like it's going to be a ton of fun with a three iron or five wood to a green bill for a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, does yeah. So, kids, this this is now your fourth Masters. Um, you know what's what's kind of changed over the years for you when it when it comes to playing out there, and then just the just the week in general. 
Well, I still get a ton of text about what time is my practice round tea time. I think that's comical from all my friends that are going to be out there like they have a practice round tea time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess just, you know, every week we play on tour, you've been there so many times and you just get comfortable with where everything is and uh, the locker rooms and driving range and where you park and how you go about your business and your routine. And, and I'm just now getting to that point at Augusta where I feel comfortable with where everything is and, and how I'm going to go about preparing to play my best. And this year I feel like it was going to be the best year for that. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you, and you've, you know, you say it's not the course for you, but I mean, really, I mean, you've made the cutoff for years. You've improved out there. So, um, I mean, who knows? I mean, it, it maybe it is, but, but I think that yeah, the I, biggest deal too is, Go ahead. No, go ahead. You, you go. I'm just thinking, uh, you know, the only way I can I can really play well is to dominate the par fives and to putt really well because you're just going to have five or six, six to ten footers for par a day on those more difficult holes. When you get out of position, that's where you're trying to get the ball to to have an uphill putt. And I've got to hoop all those to have a chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're definitely a good putter, so that's how is the putter? How's the putter? How how you doing with the putter right now? How you feel with it? Probably feel pretty good after match play, right? Yeah, I felt as bad the last few weeks leading up to the first couple matches at match play over the putter as I have in years, and uh, a lot of back and forth with JT and Tim Yelverton and my caddy Dewey, and uh, finally got into a spot on like Friday or Saturday where I started seeing the line again and and uh, you know hitting some really good putts and started hooping some over the weekend. I think that kind of propelled me to the win last week. Awesome. Uh, so what, what do you think about Augusta makes it so hard for first-timers to do well? Is it the greens, or is it just kind of the experience of, of being out there in general? I think it's probably guys don't understand it's not about the good shots at Augusta. It's all about where you miss it. Uh, you got got to attack when you can attack and you have to be aggressive obviously but sometimes missing a green in the right spot is better than hitting the green in the wrong spot and, uh, <laughs> yeah that's a that's a big deal that the guys don't understand and those guys today were asking me a ton of questions just going through the back nine and i'm like no, no you hit like the back left pin on 14 we were going over today and i'm like no no you hit it over the green here you get a long left, and then you chip back uphill, and it's easier than the putt to break 10 feet from where to anywhere on that green. Yeah, so then, I mean, definitely, obviously, experience is going to pay off, and, you know, and it, it's always like that, I mean, with, with the winners here. Um, all right, so a, a couple just kind of off-the-wall questions, but I need to know, what's your go-to at the concession stand at Augusta? Is it Are you going pimento cheese, barbecue? And then, and then what would you go with with the beer? Would it be the import or the domestic? I'm always on the domestic because I'm gonna drink about 20 of those, so you can't have 20 imports. Uh, on the on the sandwich, I always seem to migrate to the chicken sandwich, which not many people do, but uh, I like that one. They have them all for us in the locker room, so I get a little taste of all of them and bring a few home every day. That the, the chicken sandwich is underrated. I, I'm I'm with it, you there, and I, I it is. Yeah, if you could get it warmed up, people Ooh. would really like it. Yeah. Do they warm them up for you? In the in locker room. Yeah. Uh, man. Um, all right, <laughs> so I got to ask this too. Do you, uh, 
do you do you still check out the standard issue Mercedes SUV? You know, even though you technically only live like thirty minutes from the course and can just drive your own car. I don't. I just drive my truck. They never okay. quite understand it there either. They're like, "Why wouldn't you use our car?" I'm like, "Cause I have all my shit in my car." <laughs> uh, what kind of truck you got, kids? What kind of truck is that rolling down Magnolia Lane? Right now, I've got a Chevy Silverado. Oh, blue collar man's truck. I like that. I like yeah, that. I'm not. I'm not into fancy cars. I just need to get to where I'm going. Love it. No, no Ian Poulter uh, car collection for you, huh? No, I'd rather put it in something that actually makes money. Yeah. So another fun Sunday question is, or Augusta question is, if, if you were to win this thing um, come Sunday, what what kind of combo or w- would like you and Patrick Reed have as he's putting the green jacket on you? You and Reed pretty close? Oh, P, P and I are fine. I talked to him today, actually. He was out there with his jacket on, and uh, we'd have a good time. I It'd be fun to have that opportunity. Nice, nice. Um, all right, well, ma- a couple more, and then we'll let you go, man. Major venues this year, obviously Augusta, Bethpage, Pebble, Royal Portrush. Which do you think kind of uh, suits your game the best? Probably, um, I don't know anything about Royal Portrush, but obviously that's all weather-dependent. British Opens are steadily becoming one of my favorite events. Uh, it's just you know, so much variety of golf, and I'm really starting to understand it. So hopefully that's a good track for me, but I can't really answer that for over there. Uh, but of the other three, I, I see either here or Pebble Beach for me to have a chance. Uh, yeah. Page, I got, I got no chance. So. Why, why not? I can't even get to half the fairways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Especially Jeez. in New York in May, it could be 50 degrees. <clears throat> yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, all right, last question I want to we, we want to ask before we let you go, man. We appreciate all the time and um, definitely understand you got a lot of obligations being kind of a local here for for Masters Week. Um, you made a comment a couple of weeks ago. I think it was Jason Day. There was an injury or there was something. It, it, I don't remember the exact situation, but it, the whole thing stirred up like injury reporting in golf, kind of like you know they do in the NBA or whatever. Um, and and you 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 said I don't you, you know you were like I don't give a shit about your DFS teams or your fantasy teams which you know we we understand a lot of people don't even though uh, even those that play or play regularly they 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 feel like they feel like to some extent the the player should as it as it drives engagement as you know now that the PGA Tour is more embracing uh, the gambling thing it's going to eventually bring some revenue. Um, but obviously the injury situation, injury reporting in golf is complicated because I would imagine everyone would have an injury to report. Uh, but right. I was going to see if you, if you go back to that conversation and maybe, uh, clarify a little bit. Happy to, um, I don't think I was m- meaning to say, I don't give a shit about that, the gambling or the DFS, I think it's more of along the lines that going to be impossible for us to let everyone know how we're feeling each week jason day if he would have had a bad back that week and was four under through the front nine i guarantee you he wouldn't have withdrawn right yeah and every week you got those stories with those guys you got scott brown this week i know he's playing with a terrible rib injury and he's up in the top 10 
could have withdrawn on Thursday, but whoever's got him in DFS is probably thinking, hell yeah, right now. So yeah. uh, these guys have no obligation to show up to these events until Wednesday. Um, there's just no way you can track these guys down and find out each day how they're feeling, what they're looking for on Thursday. Um, and I just think it's impossible to make us have to come forward and do that. Um, and, and the other side is you, the guys that are picking us are the guys gambling. The, de- the definition of gambling is it's taking gambling. a risk. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're the one that's taking a risk, and it's, if it doesn't work out, it's your fault. It's nobody else's but your fault. And the mere fact that somebody could blame us for withdrawing because of an injury and it hurts your $5 DFS game, I really don't give a shit about it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I think the I think the the DFS or fantasy gambling, whatever, it, they kind of took a little bit of it as like taking a shot at the importance of like what that brings to the game. But I don't think that. I mean, the impression I got was not that at all. It was not that you meant. No, I mean you we're all you don't see the, we do it. We, we do it all the time, and and uh, we need that community to embrace us for our fan base, and we need all the fans we can get to generate revenue. So. We want that to happen, but the way the question was posed to me was, are you going to be able to give a – do you think guys should have to give an injury report for DFS players? And I'm like, absolutely not. How are you going to ever find out if they're ever telling the truth? And it's just like Tom Brady's on the injury list all year long and never misses a game. So yeah. how much consideration are you really going to take into that? Yeah, exactly. It would probably be more maddening because you would you would at that point know too much. And, and it would just be exactly. like – a total mind bang to, uh, and then and then everybody be pissed. I mean, if you did know about Scott, you know Brownie's Brownie's issue this week, and you didn't take him because of it, then he comes out and lights up at the Valero. Like you'd be really pissed. Um, exactly. So, yeah, totally get it. All right, my, I have one more question. Uh, I need Bring you it. to go on the record and clarify uh, if you could if you could only be a, a guest on one podcast for the rest of your life, would it be us or Foreplay? Man, that's yeah. tough. They got way more viewers than you, but you're my boys. <laughs> that is true, we'll man. Just I know. Stop, we'll stop right there. We'll I, stop right I, there. I, I knew that'd be a tough one. It's kind of a it's kind of a heart pick versus the you know one that may impact your your you know your following in your wallet. So I, I get it, man. That, I get it. That's right. Let's just flip a coin. How about that? <laughs> Kids, we appreciate it, man. And uh, dude, I can tell you what there would be there would be no greater satisfaction um then for you to be in the running come saturday and sunday and uh and and the tour junkies fans that are out there at augusta firing off a, a, an occasional who lit the kiss um I, I, it would just be awesome uh obviously can't get too rowdy at augusta can't can't endorse that too much but uh man i hope you have a great week and we'll be out there watching and a uh, great rest of the year we'll get you back on and, and do a full-on native area here one of these one of these one of these weeks and um appreciate you coming on man I appreciate you guys having me. I look forward to it this week and uh, having an opportunity to win. So see you boys out there. Give me a holler, drink a beer on me, and uh, I'll see you all soon. All right. There's our boy, Kevin Kisner. Really appreciate Kiz hopping on, spending a little bit of time with us. Pat, I got to be honest. My favorite thing about that whole interview is that he basically, you know, he basically said he cares about us more than the guys over at Foreplay. I was wondering – you know, you didn't have that in the in the questions that we were asking. I was wondering when you were going to mention foreplay, just because. Yeah, I, I knew that was going to come up. But <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, was, no, 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 no offense to those guys, but you know, 
Kiz, Kiz loves us. Yeah, yeah. it was. It, yeah, does. it was a good response. I, I appreciated that. But I, I'll tell you, you know, you know, just a couple takeaways, you know, immediately from what he said. I think, you know, obviously talking about the weather, you know, we might get a little rain early, which is obviously going to make the course, which is already long, play even longer. And for guys like Kiz, that could – that could be a little bit of an issue, so I, you, and you could tell he was a little bit concerned about that, so we'll have to check on, on how the weather is uh, early in the week and whether or not it's going to dry out. They can try this course out, though, pretty quick. Um, so, you know, it, it may not be as much as, uh, as worrisome as he may think. And then also, you know, we asked him about first-timers, and it, he was obviously very clear uh, that experience is certainly – one of those things that you've you've just got to have on this course so yeah a first timer can win it but it's gonna it's it's tough to do yeah yeah i mean obviously the Augusta national has the sub air system underneath the golf course that can suck out the uh you know the moisture in the grass but i think primarily that's done for the most part on the green surfaces um you know, the fairways are already soft, which he said they were today. Mm-hmm. And we are supposed to get uh, a 90% chance of rain tomorrow, which is Monday, and then like a 50% chance on Tuesday. rest of the week looks good. You know, I do see it being pretty soft and, and making it that much more difficult for a shorter hitter that doesn't carry it very far. Um, I could see that being tough. So I do think that's interesting. Um, I just – I love Kiz, man. He's he's such a good dude to do this. Um so, yeah, that, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking in terms of, you know, a, a key takeaway. I mean, it's Augusta National. We know the course. We know, you know, it's obviously it's here every year, and, and we kind of know what to expect. Um, but I, I definitely want to get into the course breakdown, Pat. Obviously, you know, you're not going to hit us with extreme details on the course that we all know and love so well. But what are some things that, you know, listeners need to know? What are some things that affect the type of golfer that we're going to be picking here Um you know, and, and any key stats that you're looking at as we get started. Yeah, so, you know, we are at Augusta National this week. Just every year, this is where they play this tournament. It's a, it's just an incredible course, one of the best courses you'll ever see. Highly recommend seeing this thing in person, especially the greens, uh, which are just – they're always talked about. I mean, the, the undulation on the greens is absolutely ridiculous, and you won't know until you see it in person. I mean, even TV and HD and all that kind of stuff, the, the high resolution still doesn't do it justice because these greens are just absolutely r- ridiculous and tough uh, and fast. You know, that's one of the things you're going to see. Bent grass greens, they're going to be, you know, probably close to like 14 on the stump, uh, just incredibly fast. And you got to be used to playing these greens. So that's why we talk about, you'll, you'll hear me especially talk about course history a lot this week. Uh, I think it is a factor. I think you've got you've to gotta have knowledge. You've got to have the experience, just like Kiz said, around the greens. Um, but this is also a course where you, can, you, you definitely have an advantage being long off the tee. I mean, you look at the guys like Bubba who's done well, Tiger, Jack Nicklaus, you know, any, any of those type guys, guys who have dominated out here all long off the tee, all players that are, are really taking advantage of the par fives here on this course. I mean, they're, they're almost all gettable, uh, so you've got to take advantage there. Um, you know, and looking at you know, off the tee, so pretty much you got ryegrass, tee to green, uh, and it's there's really, I mean, the fairways are, are somewhat generous, but then even if you do miss the fairways, there's no rough at all. I mean, the, the rough is, is oh, I was out there yesterday for the lady, ladies' am. I mean, it, it's 
fantastic. Yeah, you you can easily hit out of there. Yeah, so you're you're fine. So it's really just not it's not that big of a deal. So definitely the bombers are gonna have an advantage on this course. Um, and you know it's all right there in front of you for this course. I mean, there's no tricks. It's 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 one of those courses where if, if you're playing well, you're in good form, you're gonna have a good chance here. You've got now. It is a thinking course. I mean, you've you've got to be cerebral around the not not just off the tee, but your approaches into the greens. You've got to hit these greens in the right spots. Uh, that's extremely important when I you, when you look at the undulation. And I think that's why you have guys like Tiger, you know, Jordan Spieth, Mickelson, all of these guys that are, that are big thinkers around the course do well because you you, you certainly you can't just you can't just wing it you really have to to know what you're doing and yeah. thinking around the course i think it's interesting too you know you look at hazards you know that's something that everybody always wants to pay attention to water's the biggest hazard here on the front nine it, there's there's no water there's really nothing you got to worry about there but on the back nine five of the nine holes all have water in play so it's something that you want to look at um but again it's uh you know as far as the the course itself Par 72, playing just about 7,500 yards. One of the biggest things you'll hear this year is uh, how the fifth hole has been has been lengthened to about 495, so uh, about 40 yards. Uh, so I think that and, and that could be could be key. And look, wherever they set up the tees is also. I mean, we can get I can give you the yardage, which is exactly 7,475 yards according to the Masters website. But they're going to set tees up differently. They're going to move tees up to give some guys some advantages on the par fives. They're going to put them back on some of the par threes that make them you know like number four. If they put that one really back, it makes it really really difficult. So there's going to be some changes during the week, and and that we really can't plan for it's just not something that you're you, you can do but um you know i don't know looking at past champs you had uh your boy patrick reed i know you love some patrick reed uh last year well i mean we we were on him last year yeah. we were one of the few that were on him so. yeah you had sergio garcia in 2017 his first and only major title uh your guy danny willett 2016 you had the bet on him i can't what was that 150 to one 150 to 1 hit that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth in 2015. Bubba Watson in 2014. His second title uh, here. So, there you go. As far as stats, real quick. Strokes gained off the tee. I mentioned you've got to be you've got to be great off the tee. I like par 5 scoring. Uh, I like strokes gained approach. And uh, I, I'm going to take a look at putting. I know putting is extremely variable, um, but... I do think there's – I'm going to put a small emphasis on guys that are in good form with the putter. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, solid solid breakdown there, P. Um, <clears throat> for me, definitely looking at strokes hand off the tee, um, I'm all in on the Bombers. This, it's going to be evident with my picks. I, I'm, le- I'm going with length here. Um, Augusta continues to play more to a long ball hitter. And with a little bit of moisture, uh, it's not going to be firm and fast. They they may get it they may get it a little more dry than it was today that Kisner talked about by the time tournament comes around. But it's not going to be firm and fast. It's not going to play, you know the the ball's not going to be running out, um, you know like like guys like Kiz and Zach Johnson would probably like it to. So I'm leaning heavily towards the Bombers. Um, and then you know you mentioned the, these horribly undulating greens that are just monsters to to hit into and being on the right levels and on the right tiers um 
you know, I mean, even Kiz was talking about number five, which they linked, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be hitting a freaking, you know, three iron into a green that's meant to have a wedge hit into it because it's got so many levels to it. Um, so you just got to know, you know, so the experience is a thing because you got to know where to, where to land those and then just being able to hit those tiny spots. I mean, you're not, you're not talking about guys that just are trying to hit the green. You're, you're, like Kiz said, like that was, that was really telling. Like you would be better off missing the green in one spot than you would hitting the green in another on a lot of these whole locations. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, again, experience matters there, but also just being able to hit your spots from the fairway. So strokes gained approach, greens and regulation, those are a couple things I looked at as well. Um, and then just short game guys, like I looked at strokes gained around the green. So scrambling guys who are, who are uh, gaining strokes, chipping around these greens, um, because I, I do think that's important. I'm not really looking at putting. I mean, I, I don't know. You, you just get, you get here and you kind of know who can turn it on on these greens. Cause the one thing is like, they're pure as anything. They're fast as lightning, but they're just pure. So if I've got a guy who's, you know, an experienced guy at Augusta, who maybe lately isn't hasn't been great with the flat stick. I'm not really I'm not too worried about it. Well, um, and, and I agree with that, and I'm not saying that putting is, and that's why I said, you know, when I was talking about my stats, it, is it's a small thing, but only because if I'm maybe choosing between a couple guys uh, in my lineup and I see that you know he's showing up top 20 in the field recently in putting, I may I may use that as as a as sort of a tiebreaker. But yeah, it's not a major stat category. And I'll go back to I, I agree too on the scrambling stat. I think you know again if you're like like a guy like Mickelson who does well here, um, typically has a great imagination around the greens. That that's key because you're you're going to miss some of these greens, and you you've got to be able to recover or even make some uh, spectacular shots, which we always see kind of down the stretch on uh, you know Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just think with these par fours, I mean, par fours are lengthy. These par fives are, are all pretty gettable by a lot of the field, even even if, um, yeah. I mean, the, to me, the challenge in length at Augusta is more the par fours than yeah, it is the agree. par fives. Um, sure. So obviously, you do have to take advantage of the par fives, but uh, I just think when you look at these par fours and where they're setting up now, man, like I'm with I'm with kids like having a, a guy that can hit a seven iron into number five versus a guy who's hitting a five or four iron into number five over four days, it makes a difference. So that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, I want to talk a little bit of strategy and like theory as we start talking about DFS um, or betting. We talked about this on the betting show. I think this applies no matter what you're doing, whether you're uh, you're doing DFS or betting, or you're maybe picking like a, from a pool, and you got like a players in column A, B, C, D, whatever. We see a lot of that. <clears throat> maybe you're doing a Calcutta, uh, which, by the way, my mom is at a Calcutta. My 68 year old mother is at a Calcutta right now for the Masters. She's been texting me who she needs to buy. Um, that's always fun. It's a Masters tradition around here. Um, <laughs> you know, you you mentioned that the field's going to be 88 players. Um, of those 88 players, you've got a ton of the old guys that, that are not going to be relevant. You're Sandy Lyles, Ian Woosnams, Larry Mize, all those guys, right? You've got uh, first-timers. You've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, you've got a handful of first-timers, including recent winner Corey Connors. Um, we already talked about experience and how first-timers really struggle uh, to, to win. I mean, they, you know. I think there's a handful of first-timers here, maybe two or three, that have upside to maybe top 15, top 20, maybe top 10. But, you know, you're, if you're picking – if you're trying to get winners, I, I think you avoid the first-timers as well. 
you got six amateurs in the field. We know Augusta rewards the amateurs every year. You know, an amateur's not going to win. Um, so I, I don't see that coming. So by the time you eliminate some of these old guys, the first-timers, the low-ams, um, you know, you can really shrink the field. This becomes a small field, and especially for DFS, that makes it, that makes it you know, kind of tough to have a unique lineup. It makes it, um, you know, we're going to have some duplicates. Ownership's going to be a little more condensed. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think ownership is going to make a really big, a, a big impact. Um, in fact, you know, last, let me, last year, Patrick Reed was 8% owned for contests across DFS on DraftKings. Uh, so if you had Patrick Reed, you were killing it, um, mm-hmm. which we did. But And our boys at FanshareSports.com is kind of where we get that information. We talk about Fanshare Sports every single week on the Tour Junkies podcast. We've been partnering with those guys for a long time. And it's basically, it's basically a, a, a website that they listen to all the podcasts, they read all the articles, they read all the tweets, they watch all the YouTube videos as people are talking up who they like for DFS. And they kind of curate that information and give you, you know, a rating of who's getting talked up and, and who's not. Um, so it gives you, if you're playing in tournaments, if you're playing in uh, GPPs or uh, tournaments in DFS and ownership is going to matter, uh, those are the, that's where you need to go to make sure before you set your lineups that you don't have too many chalk, you know, too many chalk plays in there that are going to be high-owned and popular. Because if you do, if you have too many of them, you're, you're going to have a hard time making up ground on the field and that's where, you know, last year, if you'd have looked at, fan, at fansharesports.com before the tournament, you'd have seen Patrick Reed at around 7 or 8%, and you could have seen that, uh, you know, that, that may ha- you may have an edge there. They've added recently some, uh, some write-ups. So there's some really good write-ups over there um, uh, by a couple of really smart guys. They've, got, they've just upgraded their lineup generator. So if you're somebody who mass enters contests and you're, you're making lineups, you need a good lineup generator, they've got one, but they also – now have it with tea time. So if you're stacking tea time waves, um, which we talk about a lot, you know, if you, if you want lineups with the PMAM guys or the AMPM guys, you can all you can set that up now over on Fanshares. It's pretty cool. So go to FanshareSports.com. You can sign up for a subscription either one week, one month, or, or annually. And if you use promo code TourJunkies, you get 20% off any one of those subscriptions. At least give it a try for the Masters. Like, why not? Give it a try for the Masters. If you're going to play – a little bit of cash in DFS, uh, you may as well give it a shot. They also do uh, the NFL, so if you're also a football guy, you can take advantage of that. So if you're playing DFS and you're playing tournaments, you know, you, that's kind of what you need to do. Um, so FanshareSports.com, promo code TourJunkies, 20% off your subscriptions. Um, <clears throat> all right, Pat. I will in, say in, this. In some, I, I may have I may have checked out if you mentioned this, or hell, I may have mentioned it and for, forgot I mentioned it. Um, but I think it is important the cut rule this week. Um, you know, top yeah, fi- yeah, yeah. I top fifty uh, are going to advance, plus uh, those ten strokes are uh, within ten strokes of the lead. So I think that's certainly important to look at. I mean, especially a field like this where you got eighty eight players. So. Yeah, so I, I mean, a crazy percentage of players making the cut here um, for this tournament is is very likely. So again, if you're playing tournaments, so if you're new, and what we mean by this is like, if you if you're new to DFS and you're playing DraftKings or FanDuel or Fantasy Draft or whatever, you know the tournaments are those with bigger, you know, a lot a lot more people in them usually, and um, 
only about the top 20% of entries are going to get paid anything. And then the rest of your, your rest of them are going to lose their entry fee. Um, but it's also heavily, that 20% is heavily weighted towards, you know, the top 1%, 2%. So we also call these GPPs, which is guaranteed prize pool. Those those contests are going to run no matter what, if they fill or don't fill. Um, So when we reference GPPs, that's the kind of, you know, contest we're talking about. The the other kind of reference we're going to make is cash game. So cash game would be uh, a little less risk, but only, you know, somewhere between 40 to like 40 to 50% of entries are going to just double their 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 entry fee. So nobody's going to make a, a butt ton of money. Everybody that makes money is going to get paid the same amount. You're just going to double up your entry fee. So if we talk about a cash game, those are double ups, um, 50-50s on DraftKings and FanDuel. So you, you can go at those a little more conservatively, and you don't have to worry about ownership as much. Um, I still think in a week like this, it helps to have one or two guys who are a little bit off the radar that pop for you, but you don't really have to sweat it that much. So, just wanted to clarify that, Pat. Um, you know, con- I think we should talk a little bit about contests. Like, DraftKings is obviously where we go and where we play a lot of contests. You've got a ton of options for golf for the Masters this week. Obviously, the big one is the Millie Maker. Um, so, it's a $20 entry fee. $4 million in prizes in that one contest alone. $4 million. Pretty pretty nuts. Um, but there's there's so many contests. If you're just starting out, this is pretty cool. Like I like single entry contests, three max entry contests, where you know you don't have guys mass entering lineups and they, they have an edge over you there. So I like those. But you gotta have a little action in the Millie Maker. Just put a little bit in there. Yeah, you gotta at least right, have just, a yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Millie Maker is a good one. Um, there's just a ton of offerings over on DraftKings, so I'm I'm pumped about it. But be careful in your contest selection. That's a big you know that's a big deal. You you gotta kind of you know the more the more people that are playing in that contest with you, the more unique your lineup is gonna have to be in order to 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 really catch up on the field. I mean so the. We're going to talk for the most part about the Millie Maker tonight. There are 235,000 entries into that contest. 235,000 entries. And, and again, 88 players in the field, and I think only about 60, 60 of them are relevant. You're going to have to have the nuts line up yeah, to, to win, to be, obviously. Yes, extremely unique. Right. Um, so, you know, if you compare... <clears throat> let's take a couple other. Let's let's look at this. You've got the the fifteen dollar on DraftKings, the fifteen dollar three max entry Firethorn contest with thirty nine hundred entries. Okay, and then you've got the uh, you know, let's see, you've got the uh, the hundred and fifty dollar three max entry with twenty nine hundred players. Like with those contests, you just don't have to be as unique. You don't have to be as nuts on as you do with the fantasy with the with the millie maker with two hundred thirty five thousand dollar entry so just think think through that when you're picking your contest that's important we don't have enough time to go into it in detail tonight but um you just need to think about it you need to take your time we do have a couple videos on it over on the youtube channel if you want to check it out if you're a a new listener you've now discovered that david likes to talk a lot just just gonna freaking a throw that out here I mean, I'm just trying to inform the new people. We could very easily move on and, and not acknowledge that there are new listeners this week, Pat. 
but I'm trying to I'm trying to be thorough. I, I'm just be also being I'm also being thorough and letting them know that you like to talk a lot. All right, let's get to it then. Let's get down to some picks. We're going to give you – so we're going to go off the DraftKings pricing right here. We're going to go 9K, $9,000 and up. We're going to give you three GPPs, tournament plays. We're going to give you one cash lock play and one fade, so a guy to stay away from. Pat, since I've been doing so much talking, why don't you kick it off? Decisions to be made in the the top of this with all these studs up here. Yes. What are you going to do? You could. I uh, appreciate you letting me start this off. Uh, I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, there's from Paul Casey at nine thousand all the way up. You really could make a, a a case for a lot of these players, but and that's why I think you 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 if, when you're creating your player pool, you talked about your player pool uh, earlier or for last week at the Valero, uh, getting all eighteen through. You've got to do that. You got to be disciplined, and so sometimes it just means you know you got to uh, plant your flag on some guys. And so that's what I'm going to do this week. And for me, it's going to start at the very top. I love Rory at 11.6. I just I have a hard time getting off of him. I know he's the highest-priced guy, and sometimes that, that can make you a little bit scared. But I feel like there is some value down in that 7K range, maybe even in the 6K range. Uh, so I like Rory. I mean, you look at the, the stats that, that I'm looking at. I mean, he is just checking all the boxes. He's number one in the field off the tee. He's top 10 in strokes gained on par fives. He's top 15 in strokes gained around the green. Number one in ball striking. Um, just across the board, is, and he's in great form. Has wonderful course history here. If you look at the last five years, has not finished worse than 10th in 2016. And I just, you know, Rory to me, it's this is a good year for him. So, you know, I know he tends – everybody talks about the pressure he has going into this one because this is the major that he hasn't won. But he performs. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's gained almost 50 strokes on the field in the last five years. So, I love some Rory at 11-6 on DraftKings. Next, I'm going to go with some Justin Rose. At 10-8, so another guy right there uh, up there at the top, I I like Rose. And he seems to always, I don't know why, but kind of fly a little bit under the radar this week as as a guy, and and he's been fantastic here. You know, the last three times he's played here, he has uh, finished in the top 10. He's gained almost 28 strokes on the field. Uh, You look at, you know, the stats across the board, you know, off the tee, checks the box, strokes gained on par fives, scrambling, ball striking, uh, you know, par four scoring, all of that. I mean, is he's he's checking boxes, and I'll be interested to see where Fanshare has his ownership. I mean, if it's if it's a little bit lower than than maybe I think it should be, then I'm I'm going to go with some Justin Rose. I also like him in cash, so Rose will be my cash play this week. And the last one I'm going to go with, and I was kind of choosing between two guys. I really like some Fleetwood, but I'm not going to choose him. I'm going to go with Jason Day at 9,100. Uh, I like where he is. You know, I mentioned putting. You know, if you look at the last 24 rounds, he is fourth in the field as far as his putting is concerned. Actually, if you if you if you follow that PGA Tour uh, Twitter page, they uh, talked about how much he just loves to practice putting. Now, he spends like two hours a day. He said putting. Um, I'm okay with that going into this week. Checks the box off the tee, also par five scoring, uh, ball striking, everything. We always He's a great scrambler, great out of the bunkers. 
Um, so I'm going to go with some Jason Day right there at, uh, at 9,100 as uh, my third GPP play. You want my fade yet, or are you going to go with yours, and then we'll go to the fade? No, yeah, let's wait on that. So, so your cash play was Rose, um, and you went Rory, Rose, and Jason Day. Interesting. Like I, I thought I was going to be a little more in disagreement with you, but I'm, I'm not. Although none of those players are are in my three, which is which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I'm looking at Fanshare right now. There's there has been some early content come out, um, and it looks like Rory is the most popular guy at the moment, or getting the most chatter right now. And Rose is third. I okay. do I do agree with you. I feel like Rose isn't getting talked up as much um, this year as he was maybe last year, the year before. Um, so I, I agree with you. That will be something interesting to keep an eye out on. And you're, sure. you're, you're kind of um, actually um, you know, making my point here of, of all these guys above 9K, the fact that you, you, don't, you don't mind my plays, but you have totally different plays. And that's, that's what you're going to – I think that's what you're going to see with, with these guys and why you sort of just have to take a stand. Yeah, and, I, and because there are so many great players in the Masters, obviously. In, and so and in good here. form. In good form, too. And in good form, exactly. Like, ownership is going to be a little spread out, I think. Um, it, it's, it'll be up here in this range. It'll be interesting to see. Um, my first guy, the highest-priced guy that I'm on this week is Justin Thomas at $10,200 on DraftKings. Um, I just love his game right now where he's at. He's checking the box everywhere. Uh, in every major stat category, and uh, you know he doesn't have he doesn't have tremendous finishes here, but he's getting better and better every year. Going back to that experience factor, first year he played it, he was 39th, then he was 22nd, then last year he was 17th. So he comes in playing it for the fourth time. Uh, you know, uh, just an, an amazing talent, and I love the high ball flight on Justin Thomas at Augusta. I, I love being able to. <laughs> Did hit you, it high. Did you throw the, an apex height? Are we going back to 2015? Little, little apex height statistic for you. We'll throw back. Maybe for those of you that listened to us back in 2015, 2016, you left. You still, you probably still think I'm talking about apex height every week. I'm not, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I do like the high ball flight. I mean, we we see it do really well here. I mean, I think Reed is is maybe one that is a little bit of an outlier, but. Um, high ball flight makes makes a big deal here. Being able to land soft in, into these uh, into these greens with your approach, and being able to bomb it and cut corners and uh, you know do what you got to do off the tee. I mean, JT is just on fire, um, and I think he's coming in a little a little sneaky. So it it is kind of that that vibe of just there's so many guys you you can't hear about them all, um, but I, I just I love where JT's at right now, and and he's probably he's my favorite play for sure. Um, now, <clears throat> I was going to go Rory, and Rory would probably be my fourth pick if I were going to make four here. But based on some ownership projections, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, you know, if you got to take a stand, you got to get somebody who's going to be a little lower owned. I think a guy right now that I'm not hearing a whole lot of chatter on is Brooks Kepka, who missed this golf tournament last year with an injury. Um, but, you know, this will be his fourth attempt. He finished 11th in 2017. Again, like JT, he's gotten better and better every year. 33, 33rd, 21st, 11th, and um, I mean, you talk about another guy who just absolutely bombs the golf ball off the tee, hits it high, um, incredible short game, one of the better short games of any 
bomber on tour. I mean, he's just got the whole package. And we all know Brooks loves to show up for big events. I mean, he's he's the major slayer, right? I mean, three majors now to his name. Uh, he's not really checking a lot of the boxes because he, he you know, his last time out, he, I think of the players, he was kind of weak. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he doesn't have to. Like, Brooks is going to come in ready to roll. Brooks is going to come in prepared and he's got the game, and we know that he just turns it on for majors. So you give me $9,500 two-time major winner in 2018, Brooks Kepka, you know, for possibly lower ownership. I, I love that play. Love it. Um, and, you know, I've been, on, I've been on Brooks every time he's won a major, so you guys need to take note. DB, I, I got a good Brooks radar. When it's one of those weeks, I got it. So maybe if he's not checking the boxes and people are going to see the, the 56 of the players, the miscut before that, you know, didn't play here last year. Maybe they're going to avoid him a little bit. I don't know. But I like Brooks. And then at 9,000, Paul Casey. I just – the guy's ball striking is impeccable. His history at Augusta is incredible. He's gained 38 strokes in the last four years at Augusta National. His worst finish was last year as a T15. Before that, he had two sixth-place finishes and a fourth. He loves Augusta National. Coming off the, the title defense at the Valspar a couple weeks ago, it's really hard to pass up on Paul Casey. I think he could be a little popular. He's probably going to be a chalky play for GPPs and tournaments, but he's chalk I'm willing to eat, uh, and he is definitely my cash lock. I don't understand. You know, you, you got to have Paul Casey in your cash lineups. I, I don't mind, go, you know, putting a little higher-priced guy in a cash lineup either. I mean, if you want to play JT or Brooks in cash, um, but I think Casey's my favorite cash lock up here. Or any of those, your fate. Yes, as a matter of fact. Uh, Which one? But not Paul Casey. Actually, he would he would have been a cash play for me. He was he was close. It was between him and Rose for me. Um, and I like I like the Brooks play actually. You know he he's interesting to me. I could see me kind of coming in on to you know he's not really like you said checking a whole lot of boxes. He has improved out here every year. Um, so I think I, I, I'm intrigued by some Kepka. JT's my fave. Um, mm. And it's really a lot of it is the, it is the history. And it's because, you know, you look at it. I mean, this is a guy who's 10-2. So he's the fifth price, highest price guy and hasn't really even sniffed being in contention in this tournament. And I have a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, the stats are going to fit. You know, you love his high ball flight and all that kind of stuff. But this is also a course where I feel like you've got to feel comfortable on every single year you've played. And he's, this is now his fourth year. Yeah, he has improved every year, but still hasn't even found himself in contention. Um, like his boy Spieth, uh, who's, you know, obviously got great history here as well. Um, so I'm just, I'm not really feeling some JT. And, and look, there's a this is a hard group to fade. I mean, because all these guys are really just studs. Um, but I'm gonna plant my flag there and, and fade, uh, blah, blah, fade some JT. By the way, you know we didn't we didn't mention Tiger. Um, well, I'm about to mention him because he's my fade. Oh wow. Okay, go ahead. I'd yeah. like to hear that. Now, here's what I'll say. Um, I think Tiger could win this golf tournament this year. I, I really do. I think he's good enough right now to win this golf tournament. Um, however, if you're playing DFS, 
he is the fourth price guy, and he will be popular, is my, my guess. I mean, Fanshare may – but I mean, right now he's the second mo- – he's projected to be the second most popular player on Fanshare. But this – you know, if you're playing the Millie Maker or really any contest, there's so much more public money that flushes into DraftKings or FanDuel for the Masters. And everybody in – you know, John Q. Public wants to play Tiger Woods. He just wants to. So – from a from a contrarian, you know, GPP play, I think he's a must fade. I think he's a must fade in that in in a GPP big tournament on DraftKings or FanDuel. I think he's a must fade as that you know at that price um, as the fourth you know highest guy given all the other studs around him. Uh, but that being said, I I do think he could win. I'm just not. I'm just not going to have any shares of him uh, in DFS. Now, you know, our friends at my bookie are doing some Tiger Woods prop bets, and that's going to be a good time. I, I'll probably be on the good side of those prop bets. I, you know, it's hard to bet on him outright because again, the, the the books, they they, I think they make his numbers too short um, because they know the public wants to bet him. Uh, but if you you know if you want to play him in a I don't know if you want to pay for him in a Calcutta or play him in a group pool or something like I'm all for it but in DFS I think it's an easy fade for Tiger yeah I'm okay with it. I, I, I actually uh, I can't argue with you there um, now will he be my one and done eh, you're gonna have to wait and find out he could be. well it's it's quite the hedge move I mean it really is a good hedge move if you're gonna do that I mean the, I, I would play him in a one and done I mean obviously one and done you're also if you're playing in a one and done the size of ours thousands of people in it it is good to consider ownership there too, but uh, for the most part, I don't mind playing him in a one and done. Uh, I, it's just it's mainly tournament GPPs. I just or DFS. I'm just not going to do it. But yeah, this is a tough this is a tough range to fade. Um, I kind of feel like Bryson. You know, if I'm just kind of, I feel like Bryson may be a little bit of a fade. He, form's been a little off lately. You know, this is his third trip around Augusta. I don't know. He he would be one out. He was one I was considering. If I don't want to give you the cop out, Tiger fade, uh, Bryson probably would have been the next one for me. All right, let's get to the 8K range. You've got uh, Jordan Spieth, who looks to be heating up a little bit just in time for the Masters, all the way down to Patrick Reed, the defending champ at 8K. Uh, Pat, give me two GPP plays, your cash lock, and your fade from this range. Wow, you're going. Uh, you're letting me do I'm two, go two ranges in a row first. Wow, yep. this is yep. uh, for for the new listeners out there. This is um, a very a, a momentous occasion because this doesn't ever happen. Um, but I'm gonna I'll start then, and uh, I'm gonna start with our boy Jordan at, at 8900. Mm. You know, here's the thing. He showed a little mm. bit at the Valero. He was, uh, you know, he was pretty good in the first couple of rounds, and then the weekend was was a struggle for him. But I think his his game is is coming around a little bit. You know, I did I, I listened to um, I listened to him do an interview uh, this past week, and you know he sounds confident. He sounds like uh, he feels like his game is headed in the right spot. And what better place to to test that out than than Augusta National for him? I mean, you look at his history here, uh, going back to 2014. 
his worst finish was seventeen was 2017, where he was t-, t11. Other than that, it was second, first in 2015, second in 2016, then that t11, and then third last year in 2018. He's gained 65 strokes on the field over that five-year period. That's more than anybody else in the field. I just think, you know, look, there's there's your course history haters out there, but this is this is the one course where it really does make a difference when people you have to be comfortable out here he is i think he's he's comfortable putting on these greens it's just one of those things where when you get out on on a course like this that he loves uh, i feel like he's going to show up finally i mean the stats are are not necessarily going to show it all for him um i mean really across the board if you're looking at stats it's just not going to matter for jordan spieth but i think his ownership's going to be low um, I, I kind of liked the, the fact, actually, that, that over the weekend at the Valero that he didn't, you know, really show up all that much. I, I think that's going to keep his ownership down a little bit. Um, so I, I like some Spieth at 8,900. Also, uh, dropping down, we'll go down to the bottom here. Uh, another guy, I think you're, you're probably, this might be a little controversial pick for, for, that you might not like, but I like some Louis Oosthuizen at 8,100, a guy who is, definitely showed shown some form here on this course uh he's made the last five cuts he's got uh, three top 20 finishes in there um hell he was in a playoff what was that in 2012 with um was that with bubba yeah so he's he's obviously done well on this course in in the past checks the box off the tee um you know he's he's great around the greens um strokes gain on par fours he's in the top 20 there uh also i did look a little bit at proximity didn't mention that at the in the course preview but i think you know that's something to look at when you're talking about hitting these greens in the right spot he checks the box there uh, and he's been playing great recently i mean he was second at the valspar um and, and he really played well at match play. I mean, you can't really see that when you're looking at just recent form because, it, you know, when you, if you're looking at, like, the DraftKings app and all that kind of stuff, it may not show where he finished because match play just doesn't really show that. But made a ton of birdies uh, at the match play in Austin, so is is definitely scoring. So I like some Louis Oosthuizen, and I think he'll be a little bit lower owned as well. Um, as far as cash is concerned, actually, and this is this is a guy. Look, I mean, I could throw him in at GPPs as well, but I like Hideki in cash at 8,700. A guy in good recent form. He was T8 at the Players. Um, is is played very well here. I mean, you look at the last four starts here. He hasn't finished uh, outside the top 20. Uh, looking at stats, he's I mean just great off the tee as as always. Great around the greens. His ball striking is fantastic. He's number two in the field. Um, so as long as his putter can can uh, can work for him, which as we know is with him is is always kind of the the bugaboo, you might want to say. But but he but look he can get hot like you mentioned earlier in the show. I mean you never know who's going to get hot with a putter. So I think Hideki and Cash is a very safe just good play right along that average price line so uh so there you go are you are you ready for the fade yet or not (coughs) with this yeah what's who's your fade i'm fading phil mickelson damn it just gotta do it not in good recent form i know he's great around this course um i feel like he'll he'll probably have a little bit higher ownership just because of of how he's done here um but not digging the form all that much He's maybe spending a little too much time on his new Instagram page, giving out lessons. 
All right, well, we're about to hit the controversy. Everybody hop aboard the controversy train. Yes. I need, uh, I need, I, sh- I should be, have, yeah. have a little more of a, I'm not quite to Planet Tito's yet, so we're, this yeah. is not good timing. Yeah. We got, I got, I got, I got a couple issues. Um, first of all, Jordan Spieth is my fade. And I told you, I told you last week, I said, I think the week to play Jordan is this week for the Valera, which I did. I had Jordan in some lineups because I, People were starting to come around on him, but everybody was waiting to see, ooh, is he going to play decent so I can play him for the Masters? Like, people just begging to play him for the Masters. And, if, you know, they, they talk about him flashing a little bit of form during one round at the de- at the Dell match play. So they're just itching to play him. So I, I told you, I, I felt like the Valero was the week to do it. And and, and he goes out and he, he, he finishes okay. I don't think he did striking. anything for his ownership this week other than, I mean, I don't, I don't think – yeah, but he finished thirtieth. People are gonna say, or people are gonna look at that and go, okay. Now, you know, for Jordan Spieth coming off of, I mean, that dude, that is his best finish since. Let me tell you, let me tell you that. That's his best finish since the Dell Championship in September, a thirtieth. Did, mm. did you hear? Did you catch that? Like he. People are gonna see that thirtieth and go, okay, he, okay, he's back, he's back, he's back, and it's Augusta. Like this is it, money. And, and I, I'm looking at it right now. He finished 30th because he chipped his balls off, and he putted really well. He gained three strokes around the green. This is just for this week at the Valero. He, he gained a, half, a stroke and a half putting, um, or almost two strokes putting. Iron play was, a, was like pretty good. Not, not great, not horrible. Strokes gained off the tee. He lost nearly three strokes off the tee. Good for 121st in the field. Now, you may say, oh, well, maybe it's because he doesn't hit it far. Well, he kind of does. I mean, he hits it up pretty good. Are you just looking but at Valero hit, or are you looking at – I'm just looking at Valero. On I'm a just totally at different course. A totally different course where strokes gained – where that doesn't – I mean, you, you're, you're talking about like like he has to be – I don't know. I'm just not – I don't I don't get what you're – whatever. Well, this if is, you let me freaking finish, that would help. Like, I'm, I'm saying that people are going to see the 30th place finish on that completely different course – and feel like Jordan's form is back. He hit forty percent of his fairways at the Valero. Forty yeah, percent. You have of to be fairways. accurate off the tee at the National, right? Greens in regulation, fifty-four percent. That's good for a hundred and seventeenth in the field. So now that's that's a pause. I, that's a pause for concern. I, I get it that I, I get it that you don't have to be in the fairway all the time in at Augusta. However. I think Spieth is going to be popular. I think people are going to play him. We'll see what Fanshare says come Wednesday night. I think people are going to play him. If he's over 15% owned in GPPs, I'm out. Like, because I, what what is his upside? What do you really think, like, I mean, I know his upside is he can win. But given the recent form, he just had his best finish at a 30th since September. And now he's going to come to the Masters. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's an easy fade. Jordan's an easy fade for me when you dig into the data on that 30th place finish. By the way, you know, the players in the WGC with his last two events, horrible tee to green. Horrible. Like, the driver is his issue. I do think he's got the putter maybe figured out a little bit, which is great for Augusta. But if he's not putting himself in position off the tee, good luck at Augusta. Like, yeah, he can make the cut. 
Look, I yeah. get it. I, I I don't I don't necessarily agree that he's an he's an easy fade. Actually, I think you're. I think that's sort of a cop out <laughs> kind of answer to say he's an easy fade. But that it's it is what it is. It's sort of the the tout like I, I want to be the guy that that hates on some Jordan Spieth because I just you know because I'm so smart and whatever else. That that's kind of what what that is to me. So I get it though. Mm-hmm. I get it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I feel like play. the guys that the, the guys that hate on speech just are the the I'm smarter than everyone else. That's 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 that guy. But hey, you know I get it. I don't hate on Spieth. I play Spieth. I played him this week. But I, I just I'm saying I don't like it. But I week. do agree. I agree with that guy. I think if his ownership's over like 15 percent or whatever, I'm not. I'm not. But if he's if he's a, if he's looking low owned, I'm certainly fine with playing a guy getting on a course that he loves that he has obviously shown he's played can play well and hell his last year was what one of his worst stat years on tour and he finished freaking second so i mean or sorry third so i mean he was awful last year all last year but he still finished third at the masters well, anyway, go ahead. Um, one thing, one thing we can agree on in the 8K range is Hideki. Uh, my first GPP play in this range, and my cash play is Hideki. Um, you know, great last four years at Augusta, as as you already mentioned. Um, ball striking the crap out of it, still just in incredible form, um, and such a good price. I feel like Hideki and Paul Casey, <clears throat> right there in the you know around the 9K mark. Those are just two guys that are just automatic for cash lineups, and and again, they're probably going to be chalk plays. But I'll that those are two chalk plays I'm going to eat. Um, I just I I love Hideki here. Now <coughs> my uh, my second GPP is your fade, Phil Mickelson. I like Phil this week. I know he's coming off of two missed cuts. <sighs> However, before that, um, before that. The the form was there. I mean, won the won Pebble Beach this year, mm-hmm. um, second at the Desert Classic. If you look, last five tournaments, ten tournaments, twenty tournaments, he's still positive in the strokes gained. You know, ball striking range, tee to green, and and um, you know around the greens and all that. He he was off for sure at the players. He was just off, but. I mean, he comes to Augusta where he's so comfortable, and I think Phil wants another Masters really bad. I, I think he feels like he's playing some of his best golf right now. He said that this year. Um, I, I just I feel like Phil at 8,300 with the magic that he has at Augusta is worth a stab in tournament play um, for sure. So I'm going with old Phil. I like it. Okay. Good disagreement, good for you. but that's okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't have any other comments on that. <laughs> All right, um, this seven K range is interesting. I think they're, you know, this is where you got a lot of these first timers. Your your uh, th- those young guys, I think, can be landmines here. So I'm trying to avoid some of those. Uh, and Pat, I'm going to keep this train rolling. Why don't you start off the seven K range again? We're going to go three GPP. <clears throat> plays a cash play and two fades out of this category. Golly, why are you changing things up so much? I mean, you could at least oh, start. I love, one I love of these. Categories. I love messing you up like this. This is real. Yeah. All right. So we'll uh, we'll start with uh, the very top here, Matt Kuchar at seventy nine hundred. Look, I mean, 
the guy's in good recent form. We saw him just uh, lose to our boy Kiz in the in the match play uh, just a few weeks ago. But is it, it, this is this is a course he's got a ton of experience on. I mean, hell, when he was an amateur back when I don't know when was that like '97 or '98, he played well here. Uh, so I like some cooch. I mean, you look at uh, he's you know just looking at the last five years has a couple top five finishes out here. Um, his worst finish was T46 in 2015, but other than that, he's making cuts. Um, it's a fantastic price for him. Y- you know, when you look at the stat categories, I mean, he's he's 24th off the tee. He's seventh in par five scoring, 16th around the green, checking the box and ball striking. Uh, always typically a, a pretty good putter. So I think I think Matt Kuchar at 7,900 is is a really good play. Now look, his ownership will be a, a question, but I still like him for GPPs, and he's also my cash play. I think it's just a perfect spot for him in cash. Obviously, he's 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 a cut maker, a guy that can score, uh, likes this course. So there you go there. Um, I like some Ian Poulter at 7,600. I think he is uh prob- Oh, do you like a little Ian Poulter? I like, like, Poulter? I like some Ian Poulter. Um, well, that's a terrible British accent. I wasn't really trying. I could try, but I was, I don't know. Anyway, um, you know, checks the box off the tee. Also, par five scoring as well. Around the greens, he's always fantastic. He's got just, he. I think his his scrambling and his imagination around the greens is very underrated. Um, we've seen it, like, in the British Open in the past. Um, we've seen it in other tournaments. So, I, I like some Ian Poulter, I think. Uh, I'll be interested to see as well where his ownership is, but there's there's a lot of good guys around him, um, so I think it could be a little bit lower. So Pulse will be one of my plays, and then uh, I'm gonna go with some Charles Howell the third right down at the very bottom at seven thousand. First time he's played here in a while. We know he is a local boy. He grew up in Augusta, has played this course a ton. Uh, it's been a long time since he's gotten a chance to play here, and I think he's a different player than than when he played here in the past. Um, he has made some cuts. He's missed some cuts here. Nothing great. Never been really in contention. Um, but I think with with a little age on him and just his form, you know, you look at off the tee, he's fantastic. He's great around the greens. He's in the top ten in the field there. Ball striking is good. He's number two in the field in strokes gained on par fours. Also putting, been fantastic. He's number three in the field uh, in putting. So I think uh, I think Charles Howell is definitely in play at seven thousand. You know, I don't I don't know how much he'll be talked up this week. Um, maybe because he's he's sort of a local guy, but I do like that as well. And then you mentioned two fades for me. Just have a hard time playing some Henrik Stenson. Uh, I just I think he's going to be one of my fades this week. Has sort of a, a decent course history here. He was fifth last year, but we haven't seen any good form out of him. Um, so I don't really like that. Um, you know, when you're looking at you know the the stats, uh, he's he's been okay, but but nothing great. I mean, really, the only thing he's popping in for me is ball striking. So I'm going to fade some Stenson. A guy, and, and here's, I don't know, just this guy I was actually on at first, and now I'm off, and that's Patrick Cantlay. It's 7,700. 
Uh, has not been great here. Well, he's only played here once, but he missed the cut. You know, you look at his recent form, yeah, it's not all that good. He missed the cut um, just just a week ago or a couple, few weeks ago at the Players' Championship. Um, has been really up and down this year, and I feel like his ownership also is going to be high. He's a guy that the DFS world loves to play. Uh, Cantlay is that one of those DFS darlings, so I'll be interested to see where his his ownership is. And if it's high, I think I'm going to fade him. So there you go. Cantlay is, uh, will be a fade of mine this week. All right. Well, a little bit of an agreement in this section. Two of my GPP plays you mentioned. Matt Kuchar, I'm on for all the reasons you mentioned. Loves Augusta. Great form. Another really good finish today for the Valero for Cooch. Uh, I, I hate him as a human being now because he's such a freaking stiff miserly oh wow you fake ass hate him as a human being i mean that maybe that's a little strong but yeah that's a little bit strong we're acting as as if he's our future debates okay yeah go ahead but yeah i like him in dfs he's going to be chalky he is going to be popular so you're not really going to get an ownership advantage there um but i still think you eat it he's my cash play as well so our cash plays are the same in this range I think he's a lock in cash in that range. It's too cheap for him. Uh, I also agree with you on Charles Howell III. I love the way his game sets up for Augusta. It, it's wild that he hasn't qualified for more Masters. It really it's crazy is. For as me. much money Nuts. as the guy's made and just the, the the machine that he's been. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you, you, give me a, you give me a field this small with this many legitimate players to even make the cut when you throw out the, you know, the trash. I mean, top 50 and ties getting in. I mean, Charles is a lock to make the cut, and he's super cheap. Um, but I think his upside is fantastic. I mean, I think Charles Howell could win this golf tournament. It'd be an awesome story, but I think he could. So I'm all in on Howell. And then a guy that I've been tailing all year for the Masters. I wish he was in a little better form right now, but maybe it'll help him out in terms of ownership, and that's Gary Woodland at 7,500. Uh. I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why Gary Woodland has missed three of his he last cuts. He sucks here. He sucks on this I don't, course. I don't know why. The only Here's the thing. The only thing I could see is the putter. Gary's always been a really terrible putter, okay? But this year, we know. It's it's well documented. This year, he's had a little breakthrough with the putter. And as a result, you know, he's uh he's been doing pretty freaking good. Um So, I just I have a really hard time getting off of him at that price. He's a bomber. He hits the ball high. He hits it a long way. Tita Green, he's an absolute machine. Um, you know, he's a PGA Tour winner. He's steady. He's not going to get rattled. Um, you know, but he just checks the boxes, man. If you look at, if you look at uh, the last 24 rounds, okay, last 24 rounds, he is fifth in strokes gained off the tee, 26th in scrambling, 26th in approach, and 20th in greens and regulation. Now that's including that that's including a miscut at the Valspar, a 30th at the Players, a 36th at the Honda. Like the last 24 rounds, you're really not even getting into when he was really hot, which was like in the fall, re- leading up into January. So I just think, man, this is a week where if Gary if Gary can put it together with the putter, he's had a couple weeks off since the Valspar. If he can put it together with the putter and people, you know, get a little shied away because of the, uh, you know, the, the, the history, um, I think he's an interesting GPP play for sure. So, Kuchar, Gary Woodland, Charles Howell III are my GPPs. 
Cash is Kuchar. And then my two fades here are actually Billy Horschel, who I, I think kind of got exposed a little bit this week, finally. He's just yeah, been putting was, his balls off. Yeah, I was. His tee to green game's been very poor. He's just been making putts. And this week at the Valero, he did not. So he trumped slams pretty you early. Yeah, I just think it's a it's a good week to, to jump off Billy Ho. Um, and then <clears throat> I hate to do it because he's such a nice guy. Big fan of the guy and his caddy, Webb Simpson. Fading him at 7,400. Just doesn't have the length. I mean, the guy can hear his golf ball hit the fairway when he hits it off the tee. <laughs> <laughs> ball ball flight's flat. Um, putting is, is improved, but it's not fantastic. History here is kind of, you know, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's, you know, I just think his upside is extremely limited, you know. Um, so I think those are two names that I I want to I want to get out there as fades. There's, there's, you know, a lot of first-timers in here that I'd fade to, but those are just a couple. By the way, we talked about the stats. We, t- we talked about last 24 rounds and – uh, we get all this data, and some of you guys may be asking, hey, how in the world do I research golf the way that you guys do? How do I find the data that you guys have? Where is it? Is it on a website somewhere? Yes, it is. The best data that that you can find on the Internet, way better than anything the PGA Tour gives you, is on FantasyNational.com. So FantasyNational.com. We've been working with Moose, the creator of Fantasy National, for years. We were uh, We were – the fourth member of FantasyNational.com a couple years ago, <clears throat> and it's just amazing. It's an incredible, incredible website that gives you all the data you need, and it lets you set up your own mixed condition models. If you're a real big number guy and you want to put all that stuff together, you, you know, it, if you if you think it's going to be overwhelming, there's uh, tutorials and demo videos on the site that are super easy. You can look at tournament history, recent form, all kind of stuff. You can research the golf courses. There's a lineup generator. Um, he runs a simulation where, you know, they basically run the golf tournament a thousand times and they put out winning percentages. And members at Fantasy National are winning hundreds of thousands of dollars already. Like this year, they've probably over, probably over a million dollars. Members of Fantasy National have won in DFS, and that's just the ones documented that we know of that tweet about it. Uh, but we love Fantasy National. So what you can do is head over to fantasynational.com slash TJ, fantasynational.com slash TJ, sign up to be a member. When you do that, you're going to get 20% off your subscription fee. You can try weekly, monthly, or yearly. Go ahead and do the year. I mean, but but at minimum, just like Fanshare, try the week. Just try the one week. If you like a little, if you like this, if you think it's something you could get into, you want to you want to kind of do the stats and the research on your own, you know, maybe disagree with me and Pat. Get on there and figure it out for yourself. It's a lot of fun. It's one of the most fun parts of the process of what we do is kind of, you know, putting it all together on Fantasy National. So fantasynational.com slash TJ, 20% off your plan. It's incredible content. Just great website. And Moose just keeps on improving it. Good good job. Great great read there. By the way, so um, I want to mention somebody real quick, and then – I'm going to have to go to the bathroom because you, you were talking a little bit too much there, and I've, I've got to hit the bathroom. And I've also got to make sure my kids are alive uh, oh, since uh, since uh, I'm, I'm riding solo while my wife is partying in Vegas. But I do want to mention a first-timer that I like here in the 7K range at the bottom, and that's Matt Wallace. I think he's one to look out for. Um, a guy checking the boxes off the tee. Also in ball striking around the green uh, as far as scrambling is concerned. 
uh, and strokes gained on par fours, and in great form. So Matt Wallace, maybe a little first-timer. There you go, David. I'm going to leave this for you. You get the 6K range. Very professional. Very professional, Pat. Um, all right, so let's get into the 6K range. There are a, There's a, a few guys in here that I really like for tournaments um, that I think, could, I think could do well. I think we got to start it off with Charlie Hoffman. I mean, Charlie, we saw just finished runner-up at the Valero Texas Open. The form was starting to show for Charlie. I had a lot of him in my lineups, which is why I did so well, and I had a great week. Um, but the form was starting to flash a little bit, and he finishes – 18th at the Valspar a few weeks ago, and we started to see it kind of turn around. And now for the Valero with the runner-up. Um, and he's a, he's a seasoned veteran on tour. He's played Augusta plenty of times, and he's actually got a really good record here. In just his last four years, he's gained 24 strokes total at Augusta National. He's also typically a lock for a first-round leader bet if, uh, if you fancy such. If he's got an early tee time on Thursday – I like Hoffman for a little first-round leader action. It's just too good to pass up. Sixty-eight hundred bucks on DraftKings. It's pretty. It's a pretty good price for him. Uh, now he could be a pretty chalky play in the six K range because a lot of people know he loves Augusta. But I, I, I like to see a good form, recent form, Charlie Hoffman leading into Augusta. He actually has winning upside. So if you're taking a player down here, you want him to have that upside. Um, also, I mean, Kiz is interesting at sixty-seven hundred. I, I think if you know, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens, how, how the ownership is starting to shake out. Obviously, he knows that he doesn't have the length, so he's got. we heard him on the interview. He's got to overcome some of that distance with precision iron play and a great putter. But I think it could happen. It'll be interesting to see kind of um, as the ownership shakes out, takes form. I just got my eye on Kisner there. But, but one guy that I will have exposure to, I will. And this is probably going to surprise Pat. May even uh, shock a few of you, um, but I'm going to have a little bit of exposure to a guy at $6,600 who finished 30th this week, right there with Jordan Spieth, and that is Jimmy Walker. The boy from Texas, Jimmy Walker, is fantastic at Augusta National. I mean, last five years, gained 20 strokes, hasn't missed a cut. Worst finish in five years is 38th. But he's got some top 20s. He's got some a top 10 in there, 66 hundy. He hits the ball plenty long. He's got all the distance he needs. Um, he scrambles really well. His putting is good. Uh, and, and that's what he did here at the, at the Valero this week. Um, his, his irons were about average, but he scrambled and putted really well at the Valero. And he's comfortable at Augusta, and I like him at 6,600. I think he's got sneaky top 10 upside, and I don't think hardly anyone's going to play him. Other than that, the only guy in here that's a first-timer that I'm interested in is Keith Mitchell at 6,800. The Georgia boy just won the Honda Classic. Uh, you know, ball striking is a, is a thing that he does really well, and he's plenty long. So I think if you want to throw in a, a first-round or, a, a, you know, first-timer in your lineup, he'd be one. But my favorites in this range are probably Hoffman and Jimmy Walker. I'm going to have my eye on Kiz and uh, – and yeah, I mean, if you know, if you're in a Calcutta or something, and you want to take a little Keith Mitchell stab, or you want to bet him for a low first timer, you could do that too. That's it for me. That's the picks. Pat, wow. are you back? Did you go? Did you go TT? 
Yeah, I don't know if anybody heard. They may be able to tell on the the when they're when we're listening back here, but I literally just fell up the stairs, not down the stairs, but up the oh, stairs. Good. Yeah, and uh, I think it was probably you probably could have heard heard it. Um, now, now you're getting pretty old. Like, are you at that point where when you go to piss, like it, it comes out like with like a like like lines on a like like the dividing lines separating a road, like where it's kind of like. Psh, like it's not like one no. steady stream are are you there yet no not not there at all. Are, are you like making groaning noises because it hurts because you're, no. you're getting old no this is okay. this is not <clears throat> not, good, too much not good not good content right now um but actually i'm i gotta say i'm with you on jimmy walker he was he was one of my really i had two guys written down for gpps and he was one of the guys that uh i wrote down for all wow. the reasons that Surprise. you said and like he said i mean he he played uh he played okay this past week and uh, obviously has has been playing well on this uh, you know on this course so um I, I like some jimmy walker i'm with you on kids too i think he's one that definitely to watch um is he talks you know t- like this course is is not great for him at all um but you know he's he's performed well here he's never missed a cut so um, it's not like that, you know, he, he can't do well here. Um, and he obviously is a fantastic putter. Um, he, I mean, so I, I, I like some kids and I'm with you on Keith Mitchell, even though he's a first timer, I think this is a, this is a great course fit for him. Uh, as long as he, you know, has a good week of preparation, I think, you know, we could see him, see him do well. So, uh, there you go. That's, that's, that's who I had. So I'm, I'm with you all the way. So um, now that we've wrapped up the DFS port p- portion, what's the uh, is the one and done going to be? Who we think it is? The one and done for me is going to be Tiger. I have uh, hinted yeah. that all year long uh, on the show, and I'm not going to uh, sway from that. So I'm going to go with Tiger as my one and done this week. All right, um, I am going to go Justin Thomas. JT. I finally had a good one-and-done week. I had Jason Kokrak, who finished, what, seventh or something? I think that's probably my best finish in one-and-done this year um, at the Valero. So You might be catching about up that. to me. Who would you have at the Valero? Answer. Abraham Answer. He, okay. he finished, like, I don't know, 40th or something. Yeah. Yep, I'm going Justin Thomas. I, I'm going to use a stud here, and um, – I think of all the studs, he could be one of the more overlooked or less used in the one and done. Um, I think Tiger's going to be super popular in the one and done. But, yep. I like the hedge, though. If you're not going to play him in DFS, I like the hedge. All right, Pat, this is the end of the show. And, and what we do at the end of every show is this little segment we like to call the chunk and run. The chunk and run is a little bit of fun. And the chunk segment is always anything related to golf. It could be fantasy golf, golf betting playing golf, watching golf, something about golf, anything. Normally listeners chime in with these questions. The run portion is literally a question about anything else, and we have an interesting one for you tonight. Um, So I want to get to this. I want to get to the chunk question now. We have a lot of listeners that have chimed in and tweeted us and DM'd us and emailed us about the Masters and about being at Augusta National in the week. And so – you know, and some of you guys are going to make it down to the tournament. Which, by the way, we didn't say this, but if you're if you're on the way down, let us know. 
we're going to be around. We're going to be doing some fun stuff. Not exactly sure, you know, the schedule. We like to leave a little breathing room in there, but we've got a few ideas about what we're going to be doing. We'd love to meet up with as many of you as we can, as would allow. Um, I think we're going to be at the tournament on Thursday um, to be determined. If you see us out there, we'd love to meet you. Please uh, don't hesitate to um, to walk up, introduce yourself, or you know, uh, DM us on Twitter if you're around. We'd love to meet up with a drink or whatever. Actually, that happened yesterday to me at the uh, Augusta Women's Amateur thing. It was really fun. I got to meet a number of you guys, and it was really cool. Thanks, Travis from Texas, and my boy Ian Clark from the UK, which is pretty cool. He was like, yeah, man, I listen to you guys all the time. I listen every week. And he, he's actually a golf coach, and one of his girls was in the Ladies' Am, which is pretty crazy. Um, but he listens, and so shout out, Ian. Appreciate that. Um, we'd love to talk to you guys, as many of you as possible. But for tonight's chunk segment, it's all about Masters, what you must do and what you must see when you go to the Masters. And so we're going to talk about what to eat, what to see, your favorite spots, any pro shop musts. So if you're making a trip out to the Augusta Nashville for the first time, this is what you're going to need to do. Or if you're planning a trip, or if you just have a wet dream about the trip, then this will maybe make that more accurate for you. So Pat, why don't you start it, since that's the theme of the night. When you're at the Masters, what do you like to eat? What do you like to see? Favorite spots? And any tips in the pro shop? And any other Pat Perry specialty uh, data? Oh wow! So eating is a is a sort of a, a, a tough question because I, I typically like to just drink more beer out there and uh, than eating. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to go with the domestic. Uh, just like Kiz said in his interview, that's going to be the the go to beer for me. By the way, if you have never been out to the Masters, they don't tell you what it is that you're drinking. Uh, they just tell you it is domestic or import. And uh, but you can just go ahead and take my word for it that the import is uh, Stella, I believe, and the domestic is Miller Lite. So um, just so you know, that's that's what it is. But they don't tell you that. And then and then as far as eating is concerned, it's a ma- it's kind of depends on when you're getting out there. If I'm getting out there in the morning, it's going to be an egg salad. We'll go with the egg salad to start off. And uh, just I just feel like you know eggs. It's in the morning, kind of a, you know I just I just like it then a little bit cooler. You know, egg salad in the like w- in like warm, hot later in the day doesn't really appeal to me. So I'm gonna go with uh, with that in the morning. Uh, if it's in the afternoon, I'm going pimento cheese. Uh, love some pimento cheese out there. It's it's all good. Um, so that's that's what I'm gonna be eating. Uh, I don't get get into all the other side things like the the Masters Club or the the freaking what do they have like the the peach ice cream thing. Yeah, I'm not I'm not, I'm not into the the sweets out there. That kind of stuff. Just just not a big fan. <coughs> um, but yeah, and people love it apparently. Uh, as far as what to see, you've got to walk the course. I mean, that's if it, especially if it's your first time, walk the entire course. Uh, you got to do that, especially down on Amen Corner. I think that's just extremely important. And then you get to really see like what we're talking about in this show, like what it looks like out there. The unbelievable change in elevation um, from the time you walk out on the course, if you walk out uh, on to number one all the way down to – uh, Amen Corner, which is sort of the, at the bottom of the hill there. There's a lot of elevation there that you just don't really, you can't really tell that uh, watching it on TV. And then the undulation on the green. So you got to kind of check out the greens there. But as far as my favorite play 
place to watch golf and just actually see what's going on and, and, and get to take in how these players are doing and, 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 and approach shots and all that kind of stuff. It's number two. I, I love it. I love number two. I think you get to see these guys, whether or not they're going to – it's a par five. Are they going to go for it in two? Uh, do they lay up? You know, where do they lay up? Um, it's a it's a, a great green. It's a big green, but there's a lot of complex on there. So I think that's one of my favorite. And it's, a, it's just a good spot to watch golf, uh, especially you get to see all the guys kind of, you know, coming through there. Uh, on number two so that's that's for me sort of my my favorite thing um if you're shopping in the store definitely gotta gotta get you some some masters polos things like that uh i'm a big fan of the turvis tumblers uh i like yeah, i, like, I yeah. like some of those um and you gotta get a flag i mean you gotta get a flag you you have, you've taught me that over the years that uh, I, I don't have as many flags as I feel like I should uh, to to show that I've I've been to an event a certain year. I don't I don't, re- I don't really think of that for the Masters, but for 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 folks that are having their first time out there, uh, I think it's something yeah, you, yeah. you should get. Yeah, if you're not going to get there every year, you, you need to get you need to get a flag for sure. Um, awesome. All right, good. That's good stuff, Pat. Now I got I got to disagree with you a little bit on the food. I mean that Georgia peach ice cream. It is Georgia Peace ice cream sandwiched between two sugar cookies. And it's newer though. It's like it's not there's not a huge tradition behind it. That's what I don't like. <coughs> oh my god. Um you're just such an old fart. The uh the other thing I so I'm a big barbecue sandwich fan. I love the barbecue sandwich at Augusta. I'll eat a ton of those. But I am like you, like I don't do a whole lot of sides. I don't I don't get a whole lot of the side things. It's like a couple barbecue sandwiches, you know, beers, and then a little Georgia peach ice cream to round it off. I'm not an egg salad fan. I don't like egg salad. The pimento cheese is very good, but to me it's like I buy that same pimento cheese at the grocery store down south here. You know you know, you know whose it is. It's the Palmetto mm-hmm. um, pimento cheese. That's good stuff. And it's good, but I'd, I'd much rather have the, uh, the barbecue. Now, an underrated item that we talked about with Kiss is the chicken, the chicken sandwich. Yeah, it's actually, it is. Yeah. It's even good cold. Um, and actually, I noticed this year they have uh, chicken biscuits and sausage biscuits in the morning. If you're getting oh, the morning. whoa, First time whoa, I've ever whoa. Noticed those. That is a game changer now. I will have to say that. Oh, wait a minute, but where's the tradition? Where's the I'm tradition? okay with that, though. I'm okay with If you're introducing some some sausage biscuits and chicken <laughs> biscuits. Okay. Can't wait to get out yeah. there for that. Um, now, I also disagree with you on the beverage. I like the domestic craft option. Oh, I forgot about moon. the craft. Yeah, I forgot about which the blue moon. Which is blue moon, moon yeah. with a little slice of orange. That's another newer that is tradition. That's my go-to. That's another newer Love thing. it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. That's my go-to. That's what you got to do there. Um, I, I agree. If it's your first time, you have to walk the course. You just you have to see it all. If um, if it's not your first time or if you're going again, my I love number 16, it's one of my favorite holes to sit on, the par three. I love sitting on the on the bleachers beside the tee. You can watch them play the whole, you know, the entire 16th hole, and then you can watch them putt out on 15. I just like the atmosphere around 16. It's always exciting, especially going on a tournament day. Um, it's a good time. I love standing behind number eight and watching them just rip driver down that big par five. If you just want to see the guys that absolutely maul the golf ball, uh, sit behind number eight is pretty cool. I agree with you on the number two spot. Actually, Standing between, num- like, on the right side of number two fairway uh, and, and, and right side of number three 
um, fairway is kind of a cool spot. Um, or two green, three tee, you can kind of go back and forth there and see a lot of action right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, can, that can be a good time. So, yeah, those are my favorite spots. Pro Shop must, you know, um, I'm surprised you didn't say this because you're so hoity-toity and gated community guy. Like, you got to walk up the, up the stairs to the clubhouse selection. You know, the, the finer things in life are up there. It's always interesting to see what they have in the glass cases up there. They always got some new stuff. This year I noticed some very nice playing cards with a lot of, like, real subtlety uh, homage to Augusta on the playing cards. They're beautiful. I didn't buy any, but they're very pretty. Uh, all the Peter Millar gears up there, which I'm a big fan of Peter Millar stuff. So you got to buy the Peter Millar up there. Um, I, I, I'm a sucker for the signs. I don't know why, but I'm, like those wooden signs that they make, I, they're like, they're like kind of vintage looking uh, or like rustic looking. I, I love that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I got so many hats now. I don't, I don't really do hats anymore. Um, good, good polo from the Peter Millar section is good for me. They always have great outerwear. I love the outerwear there. I actually got some of that yesterday. So um, it's just good stuff, you know. But, but yeah, the staples for the first-timers are your Tervis tumblers, your flag, you know, um, something like that. That's, that's, that's definitely a must. Good stuff. All right, Pat, let's button this bad boy up with the run portion. This is an interesting one. Um, <clears throat> required a little creativity. I'll let you start. Unlimited budget. What app? are you making? What does it do and what is it called? An unlimited budget you have. What app are you making? What does it do and what is it called? Oh man, so this was a tough one for me. I, I, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to go ahead and put this out there to, to the, the listeners, maybe the new listeners, because I did not really, I couldn't really come up with a good name for this. Uh, so maybe if you have an idea. Um, but here's the thing. Also was uh was thinking about this when you put this on the uh, on the rundown. I was like, David is literally putting this here to set me up because I'm going to come up with an app and I'm going to have all this thought into it. And David's going to say, "Yeah, they came out with that two years ago. Why the hell didn't you know what the hell what it was? Uh, it's so and so, and you, you could have downloaded it." So I feel like you, there was a little bit of a setup here, but I think this. Mm. The, I'm pretty sure what what I've come up with is is very unique. Probably I'm the only one in the in the world that would want to uh, want to download this. But you know what? It's an app that takes inventory of my household items that I have. So, like in the oh. in the pantry, uh, the toilet paper, the paper towels, uh, the the staple foods that we always have. I can have like sort of a set. You know the peanut butter, the bread, the whatever, and it tell it like immediately like I don't have to do anything. I don't have to plug anything in, do any work. Like I can just scan it. Like I can I can put my phone up to my pantry, and it and all of a sudden pick up all these items, and then in the refrigerator and all that kind of stuff. And it tells me like, all right, so you're short on this item, you're fine on this item. So then I'm not like, you know, buying whatever toilet paper but i've already got three packs somewhere else like i want to know like everything because i always i always feel like when i get to the grocery store either one i'm going to forget something that i don't know what it's going to be there or two i'm going to buy something that i already have like three of and it was just a waste of money so i want this app to be able to tell me just the inventory of my household the things that i need the things that i don't have the things that i have too much of and then uh and then also tell me the pricing so like if i need if i do need some toilet paper if i do need some paper towels where's the cheapest place to get it 
So that was that was that was my idea. You probably had no clue. You didn't think I was going to go that route. You thought I was probably going to have to do with my alcohol inventory, but that's really not. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's not what I'm. I, you know, I, I I have a pretty good idea what that is. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah. I don't have to worry about what that is. But everything else I do. So there you go. And if anybody can come up with a name for it, just let me know. You tweet us. You know. I didn't see Georgia. I didn't see it coming. I do know that you are the grocery shopper in your household, so I could see that being important. I mean, I think there's things that have been done similar. Like Amazon has those little buttons where, like, when you run out of stuff, you can you you hit it and it, it automatically orders it for you through your Amazon account. Um, but um, I I see this as more advanced. You know, again, unlimited budget. So there'd be a lot of uh, there'd be a lot of like. Um, uh, like, like you, you could hold up the camera on your phone to your pantry, and it literally would would recognize everything in there and and, and the inventory. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. That that's where the technology point. comes yeah. in. That's where the budget comes in here. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> mine, mine is interesting. Uh, conceptually, it's uh, it's not all the way through. You know, this is very half baked. Okay, I haven't thought it all through yet. Um, but it's a very niche thing. It's, it's a little. It's a little. Uh, you would definitely have to have a big budget. My app is a one-time use app. You're literally going to download it and use it one time, and you will never be allowed to use it again. You will pay somewhere around, I don't know, fifty dollars to $100,000 to download the app. This is a major purchase. Okay? Good God, okay. Major purchase. But here's what it does. Through some wild technology that, as far as I know, has not been created yet, my app is either called Osmosis or uh, Gimme That. No, Gimme Dat. Sorry, Gimme Dat. It's either <laughs> Gimme Dat or Osmosis. I like Gimme Dat. And basically, basically, what it does is it allows you, you, you when you get your phone and and you I haven't I haven't quite worked out how it does it yet, but through proximity, um, it allows you to literally download a skill set from another human being's brain into your brain immediately. But it's a one-time use thing. So you can do it with one person, one skill set for your entire life, and then you're never allowed to use the app again. Hmm. Isn't that kind of wild to think about, though? That is like, wild. I'd probably pay a decent amount for that, maybe not 100000 but... But I mean, to 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 be able to download into your brain what a guy like Tiger Woods knows about golf, you know, or um, I don't know, think of think of an expert in something, something that you'd love to be able to do or do great or know, you know, I'm thinking like Gary Vaynerchuk with like marketing, like just to be able to download that and put it in your brain, and now you have it. Now you have that skill set, right? Now. There's some legal ramifications to this. I haven't quite worked out how that all would work, or how, you know how you'd have to get permission from the other person to do so, or, you know. But that's just really semantics. It's really conceptual here. Um, you know, it, it it actually is similar to well, it's not similar, but it it uh, it does well. It does have some 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 similar tendencies to my other app that I thought of, and that was something that could immediately, like if, like we're talking about with your spouse or something, like maybe you're about to say something or you're, you're kind of doing something wrong. You might say something wrong, like an app that might tell you like maybe through a text or like in this case, just tell your brain like, Hey, Hey dude, 
you're about to say the wrong thing. Here's what you should say. Like, that would be a good app, too. Like, all right, or, hey, you're trying to woo the wife. Maybe you should go this route with with the and it and it but it picks up on the conversation as it's happening and then it tells yeah, yeah, you yeah it's listening it, it's, it's listening. already listening it's already listening yeah, yeah. so it tells you like all right okay here's how it's going you know it's going in a bad direction you need to you need yeah, to yeah. take it this way that's abort, that was something abort. else i thought about. <laughs> that's not a bad idea I, I that's funny that you thought that because i also had the thought of like the men in black thing where you like flash the little thing in their eyes and they forget stuff I would love <laughs> that to would be, be good too. Like, yeah, that would be awesome. I, actually, I was at the Champions Retreat Women's Amateur Member Celebration last night, and I, I kind of wish I could have done that to my wife uh, last night as we were leaving, so she didn't remember some of my antics towards the end. Uh, maybe that's where that came from. Apparently, you know, people are listening to this that work at Champions. Um, I will be returning these, but apparently, late last night as we were leaving the party, my wife was driving me because I'd had many, many Tito's. Um, we were driving through the parking lot of Champions, and she goes, oh, I love those plants. They were like these two massive potted plants in the parking lot. And I literally, <laughs> with the car moving, threw open the door, threw open the door, popped the hood or the, the trunk, and loaded the two plants in the car. And my wife says that what I said to her when I got back in the car, when she said, why in the world did you do that? The story goes, I looked at her and said, what my lady wants, my lady gets. And I did not remember any of this this morning. <laughs> so this morning she's like, hey, what are we going to do with the two plants that you got? And I was like, what two plants? <laughs> she's like, uh, the two plants you took from Champions Retreat last night that are sitting out in our, in, in our driveway. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, I'll just take them back. She's like, you're going to take them back? I'm like, yeah, are you kidding? Like, p- people have done way worse at Champions Retreat than steal a couple potted plants. I, mean, I don't know. I'll be good. Okay. I will be returning them, though. I will be returning them. Um, so, yeah, I would have loved to erase her mind after that, so that one can't be held against me. Great ideas, Pat. Great idea. I think we got a couple things cooking. Any investors out there that want to, you know, get into that with us, let us know. Otherwise, we hope you guys have a wonderful Masters Week. We've got a ton of content coming at you. The Chalk Bomb email. Um, DraftKings Tour Junkies After Dark on their YouTube channel is hilarious. you got to check that out. Pat's Fantasy Golf Sommelier article is hopefully going to be written on Tuesday. That'd be nice, huh? Tuesday, maybe? Actually, it's, it's probably going to be, be written on, on Monday, but uh, we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see about that. Um, it's going to be a great week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter if you're not already at Tour underscore Junkies. We're going to be documenting all our good times this week. It's going to be a good one. May your screens be green. Go listen to the Masters Betting Podcast as well. Hit you some bets. It's going to be a good time. Thanks to Kevin Kisner. Thank you, my friend Pat. This has been a joyous episode. See ya!